right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. We are striving to get through all of the ideas on our co-vision board for random podcasts we've always wanted to do, maybe didn't have the time to do in the past, but uh, we don't really have an excuse not to do them now. Today's episode is underappreciated players. You could say underrated, but we just we went with the term underappreciated. We talked a little bit about that uh, in the beginning. And let me say, if we're talking about things that are underappreciated, can we have a little conversation about the Callaway golf ball and uh, maybe a little pat on the back there for the professional transition there? We wanted to shoot a bunch of content around the golf ball this year. We've been a very limited, obviously, in doing that. The only time this was on display was during the chip drive and putt uh, championship. We did have the, the new 2020 Chrome Soft golf ball in play. Thankfully, Freddie was there to call Neil out as he tried to switch to the ERC soft golf ball for the long drive portion. Uh, he's a complete scumbag. He doesn't even need the length, but the ERC soft is a bit longer off the tee. The rest of us were playing the one ball rule. Um, it was kind of sad to see him go to that that desperate of a length to try to win. And, and you could, if you haven't watched the video, you can tune in to see if that does end up working out for him. It, it was the biggest controversy of the event. A couple F-bombs were flying, um, so we apologize to any of our viewers at home that were offended, offended by anything that Freddie said. Um, I'm a Chrome Soft player. I know Neil uses the Chrome Soft X. A lot of the guys use the Chrome Soft X. I like the Chrome Soft. It's a little bit softer. Uh, I I can't. I haven't lined up the new 2020 ball with the previous uh, year's ball, but I feel like it's going further. I can't. I can't say scientifically that it is, but I'm definitely accounting for this golf ball going further, both with the irons and uh, with the driver. And now you can get the triple track on both the Chrome Soft and the Chrome Soft X. You can get it in Truvis. You can get it yellow or just plain white. I've actually been just using plain white golf ball, kind of drifting away from the Truvis a little bit, and uh, it's been a fine transition. They're made right here in the U.S. at Callaway's Massachusetts Golf Ball Plant. Uh, and if you're curious, Callaway has a golf ball selector tool that, you, that can suggest the right ball for you based on your game, what you're looking for. So at callawaygolf.com slash custom fitting, you can find out more about the Chrome Soft 2020 and the rest of their golf ball lineup at callawaygolf.com. Uh, without any further delay, let's just roll right into it. We are all together here in the Kill House. Solly here, DJ Pie to my left. Hello. Big Randy. Good morning. TC. Good morning. And young Neil Schuster. Hello. The merch star here. We are going to uh, kind of similar format to the What If Guy podcast that we did. Maybe, maybe even some of the same guys included in that, but... We thought it'd be a good idea to sit, get around the table, everybody go home, kind of, you know, pick a few guys that are, in your mind, underappreciated. That can mean underrated. That can mean just in your, I believe, in your own heart or mind, you just never really appreciated what this guy did. Once you started uncovering them, we could even argue who, what, you know, you might think someone's underappreciated. I could be like, how the hell can you say that? I don't know what's going to happen today. I think you may say that. Okay. Well, we are I think, going... I think there's a big semantics thing uh, up front. Underappreciated and underrated, I feel like, are two very different things. Well, I don't know if you guys for it. Just like what if, we, we define what if in our own way. Exactly. Right? You went with junior golfers. I went more for majors. Like, what if what if they'd won a major? Uh, so I think this may be similar. What do you, how do you define underappreciated and underrated, DJ? Um, well, I, I, I don't even know if it's definitions, because I think the definitions are, are fairly clear, but I think that the... Uh, 
I skewed much more towards underappreciated because I think that's what was on the calendar invite for this podcast. But uh, but what does that mean? Yeah. So I, I so think did I. <laughs> no, but I, we all did. Well, no, I think there's a difference between underrated and underappreciated. That's what we're talking about right now. I, I know, that, and that's what I'm trying to get at. But what I'm saying is, I leaned more towards the underappreciated side of those two things. Meaning, it's more like personality driven. Exactly. Yeah. Which Got is it. more more personal uh, how I view it, and like you said up front, Solly, like I don't know that I've ever. Uh, totally appreciated what this guy did. I don't know that I've ever given it the internal credit. So I think I, I think all my guys are World Golf Hall of Famers, so it's hard to say that they're underrated, but I do think they're deeply underappreciated. That's Which, my point. Neil. On that, that's a great sense? point. I agree with that 100%. Thank on you. that note, Tim Fincham, World Golf the, Hall of Fame. Congrats. Thanks. Oh, I thought you were going to say he's on your list. I'm like, that's fuck. That's a good one, actually. <laughs> I thought about going, going some weird ways with it. I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to talk about the... This is a golfer, but he's not necessarily a professional golfer. He's just underappreciated guy. Steiny, underappreciated. <laughs> yeah, there could be some just in the background making it all happen. There could be an appendix to this episode. Yeah, just underappreciated in the golf, the golf business. That would be interesting. Who, who do you think the worldwide west of, of the golf business is? Remind me on so just kind of super like, producer kind of guy. Yeah, or? he's like this. He's friends with all the NBA players. He's kind of just Mark McCormick, the who guy is? who started IMG. Oh, okay. Well, there you have it. That would be my. That'd be yours. McCormick would be more like a Sonny Vaccaro character, right? He's the shoe guy. It, oh, sure. Nice, yeah. yeah. It gets all the kids in shoes. Randy, any philosophy things you want to add to, to this? Mine was very personal, much like DJ, it sounds like. Uh, just careers and context that made me, you know what? This, this guy you know, has done things much more impressive than I would have ever known or guessed or recognized. Who wants to start us? I'm ready to go. This, this, go ahead, TC. Can I just detonate anybody who, who says Billy Casper or Cat? I think those are the the obvious choices here. I think before we turn on the mics, we said we should all recognize that these are the two most obvious choices, and then you took it to. Can I just detonate anybody who picked those people? Because <laughs> that's the lowest hanging fruit, right? Well, I, honestly, sure. I don't. Billy Casper don't know much about him. Could someone tell me why that's the obvious choice? I had he was number one on my list. Well, let's start there. Get, hit me with it. <laughs> Literally, if you Google. If you Google uh, most underrated golfers of all time or underappreciated golfers of all time, Billy Casper is on number one. Yeah, that on sounds like a horrible list. choice then. <laughs> but there's probably a reason for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he won a shitload of tournaments. Uh, but Neil's point to is be, like, he, to be clear. I still don't he know probably much couldn't about him. name the highlights. Yeah, and I, I, honestly, I don't know if I could name most of the highlights of Billy Casper. Well, did anybody else have Billy Casper on the list, or am I the only no. chode who did that? Yeah, you chode. <laughs> uh, it's low-hanging fruit, dude. It's very low-hanging fruit for a reason. You think everybody, like, listen, we don't have to get into it, but if everybody already knew everything about this topic, they wouldn't listen to the fucking podcast. That's the whole point. Be woker, dude. Come on. Yeah, exactly. I, I like the tension. DJ, I know. I am, I am getting hostile. We were talking about 18 at Jack's Beach before <laughs> yeah, this, and everyone's trying to light a like, fire really on your ass. ass. You have my attention. <laughs> okay, well, let me... Let me start real quick before sure. you. Sorry, Please. real quick before you start. Are we going to whittle down like we did with the what if? What if guys? Well, I think we should. I think it's good that I was. That I, was kind of a fun exercise. I was kind of nervous that there was going to be five Billy Caspers. Now I feel like a jackass. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think I, that was. We should all have three people, right? So yeah. Fifteen. And I think we tried to whittle it down to the top five. Sure, perfect. Take good. me there. I want right. to learn more about Billy Casper. Billy Casper, seventh in all-time PJ Tour wins, behind Tiger. And Sneed tied at 82. Jack Nicholas at 73. Hogan at 64. Arnold Palmer at 62. Byron Nelson at 52. Billy Casper, 51 PGA Tour wins. Sheesh, uh, that's a lot. 
It's a lot. He was one behind Byron Nelson, who won 18 times in one year. Uh, put what, 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 What's his time frame? That was war, really. That, well, it was, but it's still 18 wins. <laughs> Give me his contemporaries. Put him, put him in a time well, frame. That's a fantastic question. Uh, this is a stat I saw, I believe, on wikipedia.com, but I did fact check it. Shout out to TC, because you can't just take this stuff at face value. Thank you, DJ. Between 1964 and 1970, pay, pay close attention to this stat. Between 1964 and 1970, Billy Casper won 27 times. Uh, which during that stretch was two more than Jack Nicholas, and six more than Arnold Palmer and Gary Player combined. Wow! Mm. Shout out to the big three. Let me let me just break that down for you. 1964, four wins. 1965, four wins. 66, three wins, including the U.S. Open and the Western Open, which was a much bigger deal back then. 67, two wins. 68, six wins. 69, three wins. 74 wins. Prolific, prolific winner. A couple other stats you may ask. Uh, how many majors did he win, Neil? How many majors did he win? Three. Uh, he won the 1959 U.S. Open at Wingfoot. He won the 1966 Open at Olympic, uh, which I believe was in a playoff against Arnold Palmer. Ever heard of him? And uh, he won the 1970 Masters as well. He played on eight Ryder Cup teams. That's a shitload of Ryder Cup teams. Uh, as such, he won. Uh, he has the record for most U.S. Ryder Cup points ever won. And uh, he won the Varden Trophy five times for the lowest scoring average on tour. So listen, TC, if that's low hanging fruit, man, I apologize, but I learned a lot. There. I haven't. I ha- consume nothing but golf stuff, and nobody's ever talked about. Well, Billy let Casper. me ask you this. I think the natural question is why. Great is question. Such an I would surmise underrated guy. Surmise slash steal from other people's uh, research that it's because everybody was all amped up about the big three. There's only only so much room in in the consciousness. You know, everybody's. I think uh, there was a bit of a, a tiger, uh, the cat effect, the black hole effect, where it's just kind of like, man, I've, I've already been watching and reading and listening to everything about Jack and Arnie and Gary Player. Like, I just don't have, I don't have room or interest for much more beyond that. And was he an interesting cat? He was an interesting cat, I, I would say. Uh, converted to uh, the LDS, uh, the Mormon Church, later in in his life. Uh, I think he was a bit of a bit of a rock and tour before that and then as tc has pointed out had kind of like all the kids after that <laughs> many 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 kids prolific winner prolific uh breeder as well so i'd just like uh, to name off a few of these tournaments that he, he allegedly won uh, allegedly are you casting doubt no i'm just saying i'm not sure these should be maybe maybe you know maybe there was some inflation on what a pga tour event was the uh, the Lafayette Open Invitational, the Hesperia Open Invitational, which looks like it was played only five years, the Orange County Open Invitational, which was played five times. Um, he won the WGC Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Doral Country Club Open Invitational. Um, the Bakersfield Open Invitational, he won one of... Only two times that that tournament was even put on. Sounds like, listen, man, you you that, win. That the, doesn't sound like a Billy Casper. Do you, th- problem, do you think wait, it would be wait. better if he didn't win those tournaments? Wait, I'm just saying. So wait, is he underappreciated <laughs> then, or is he overrated then now? Sounds like the guy was just always looking for a game. Exactly. Right. Could listen, he's down to play anywhere. You know, I don't. He, I think he won a couple Colonials. He won. He won some big events. He won a couple National Opens with uh, not a whole lot of variety with his National Opens. That's what I always it, look for. He won on both coasts. One on both coasts. Wingfoot beat and up the West Coast. One at Wingfoot. One at Olympic. 
Um, I don't see any top finishes in Saudi Arabia, though. That's, that's a what good we point. Know TC We're going to get there. We're no get FedEx there. Cup titles yeah. either. Well, no, well, no that's but he won the Western Open a bunch, which is the BMW. Yeah, which was a massive event. Like, exactly. He he would have been beating up the, the FedEx Cup playoffs. Oh, right. I, I see. So, here you go. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Randy, you want to go? I can. Yeah, sure. I can go. DJ, thank you for your submission. You're welcome. I'm glad that we set the tone there. Yeah. No, that's... TC, I, pro- I apologize for the hostility. But, <laughs> All good, man. You know, I... I agree with you, Billy. Casper is underappreciated, and this is to say nothing of his his. Go- to assume his... that the audience knows that, or that I even know that, is, <laughs> it's is, a is, you're, you're putting me in a tough spot here. Exactly. I'm supposed to be somewhat of an expert, and I'm not. This is to say nothing, by the way, of his, you know, sprawling golf course management company, yes, which has possibly done some detriment to the game. But that's a whole other topic. Okay, so my first submission, I my personal criteria, I tried to pick one person well before my time, one person that kind of coincided with uh, my earlier, a little bit more of my youth, and then one person who is, is very much current and uh, younger than I am. So I'll start, I'll actually I'll start with the, with the most current. You think Ricky's underappreciated? <laughs> hey, no, no hating on him during the quarantine. Uh, You're right. This person is 25 years old. You guys are going to get this pretty quick, but we'll we'll keep the game going. Uh, winner of the 2012 Boys Amateur Championship was the low am at the 2013 British Open before winning the 2013 U.S. Amateur. Matthew Fitzpatrick. R- Matthew Fitzpatrick uh, would be the low am at the 2014 <laughs> U.S. Open. And would eventually be the top-ranked amateur in the world uh, in 2013 where he played on the Ryder Cup. All this, as an amateur, goes to Northwestern for a semester in 2014, turns pro shortly thereafter. <laughs> it was only a semester. He <laughs> <laughs> said it was too hard. He's like, I don't want to do this. That's right. That was a great podcast. Why is he underrated? Keep in mind, 25 years old. Since uh, since 2015, has finished, inside, has finished each year inside the uh, official world golf ranking top 50. He won his first pro tournament, the 2015 British Masters. Uh, he has now won five times on the Euro Tour. He has played in a Ryder Cup, the 2016 Ryder Cup. Uh, has finished tied for seventh at the 2016 Masters. Uh, most recently has made the cut in each of the 2019 majors. But I think this is where things really get interesting. In 2019, he led the Euro Tour in total strokes gained for the season ahead of guys such as Sergio and Fleetwood and Rafa Cabrera-Bella, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this was on the strength. He ranked first in shots gained putting. Randy, I'm going to fact check you on the – he was on the Ryder Cup team. <clears throat> I wouldn't say he played. That's a great – that's a great – Did crack. he compete in a match? He got one. Well, that's, that's also uh, – did he compete? Did he did – he... <laughs> <laughs> He, he was on the team. He earned that spot. So he's, he, in 2019, he led the Euro Tour in strokes gain, total strokes gain, on the strength of his putter. What I found really weird about this is that same year, 2019, he leads the Euro Tour in shots gain putting, uh, but on, in his PGA Tour starts, he was 110th in shots gain putting. And so something really funky uh, was going on there. Either he just didn't putt well, uh, in PGA events, I also just don't know how much, how how my, how many Euro Tour events have shots gain. 
I don't know how reliable their, their data is. They don't have, I don't think they have shot length like across the board. But I mentioned that because his PGA Tour stats specifically, uh, he was 110th in shots gained putting, which based on his Euro Tour stats was a real strength. He was in the top 15 in total shots gained on the PGA Tour. So if you, assuming, you know, he just putted really poorly on the in his PGA starts, if you correct that to maybe his true talent level that he showed on the Euro Tour, He's going from top 15 in total strokes gained on the PGA Tour to comfortably in the top 10. All that's to say he's, he's turning into one of the best ball strikers uh, on, on tour. His Euro scoring average was third, uh, just behind Rory and Rahm, again, ahead of guys like Fleetwood and Oosthuizen and Xander and his starts and Sergio. Um, since the start of 2018, he's made 40 of 46 cuts on the Euro Tour and 28 of 33 PGA Tour cuts, including his last 18 in a row. I think all of this is he hasn't won on the PGA Tour, but I, I think over the next five years, I look for him to, you know, what does his career look like? I think it includes multiple PGA Tour victories. I think he can nab a major under the right circumstances. I, I think he's... Uh, He's just a very underrated, talented, world-class young golfer. That was a compelling case. I got to say, I kind of was almost ready to roll my eyes when I heard it, and I think a lot of that was because I always pictured he's like 33 at this point because I feel <laughs> like we've been watching him for so long. But Randy's been transfixed by him since we watched <laughs> yeah, him on the range at the, at the Heritage one year. No, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. He's I think really 25? He's, he's so consistent. He's always in play. It's getting the putter hot. Yeah, he's gonna be. He's gonna get plenty of opportunities because he's he's at the top of the of the manipulator list. He gets a <laughs> lot of world ranking points. Can I, can I play devil's advocate? Sure. Hyped pretty heavily. Picks up the Under Armour sponsorship. Gets a lot of comparisons to Spieth. A lot of comparisons. How would you feel if um, Hovland or Wolf got to twenty five and they still hadn't won a PGA Tour event? Well. It'd be a little different because I think Fitzpatrick spent a lot of those years playing on the Euro. Like his primary tour was the Euro Tour. It's really starting 2018, but 2019 was really the first year he had come over to the PGA Tour much more closer to full time. So, but that kind of that's kind of my point, right? Is that he's had I don't know four extra years of being a professional golfer because he only did a semester in college, and we don't have any we don't have any wins to show for it. Well, we got five Euro Tour wins. But Fair. point taken, I, I think, you know, I, I would I'm just kind of present the other side. Of the I like Fitzpatrick. I like yeah. watching him play. Do you think that his game doesn't set up for the Pete? Like he doesn't hit it very far. Your duty as an American, though, is to, is to, to point this out. Is to point this out. And Listen, in the, in the spirit of debate and discussion. I will, I will go to bat for his Euro Tour record, too, because he, he went back to back at the Omega European Masters. At Kranz, Kranz Sir Montana. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this. What it, somewhat related, but my question is, what do you think of a guy like Tommy Fleetwood? Uh, I love the way he hits the golf ball, but I think he's slightly, he's probably overrated a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I and I, again, big fan of Tommy Fleetwood's, but he, he needs to. Winning's he, hard. He, he's you win. win all you want on that tour. But but he seems <laughs> my, my point is like Tommy Fleetwood seems like a name. It's like but oh yeah, he might he might win this major. I think my, right? My but there. Tommy Fleetwood's four years older and they have the same amount of European tour wins. His his and presence, the same amount of PGA I feel like he tour showed wins. up in majors more. So I feel like he's gotten more exposure in, in the biggest moments, though he hasn't won. 
Whereas I don't think I've seen. I feel like Fitzpatrick has more of a back de- backdoor top ten vibe to me, where I'm like, oh, you know, at uh, Bay Hill he shot, you know, best round of, on Sunday, but like he he teed off at like eight a.m. That's you that's know? very fair, Neil. That's very I'll, fair. I'll posit uh, how many PGA Tour wins does Monty have? I have no idea. Zero. Zero. Really. Wow, man. Well, I don't ride for Monty like you guys. You guys, just, you guys just detonated yourselves. That was, that was uh, no, but I mean, I would, I would. That was think, an own goal there. But if I asked you, what would you say Monty's profile in the game is? I would have, I, I would have thought he definitely won at least a couple PGA Tour. He's never won a PGA Tour event. No. But like that, that is Not a me, man. That is a defining thing about Monty. No PGA Tour wins, no majors. It's like. Okay, like if you were that good, you would have nabbed one of at least one of those. But right? how many? How many? <laughs> but now we're veering into my Ricky, uh, my Ricky takes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he must majors. He's probably got a million top five and top tens. Was he just? He was just yeah. a cash Monty. machine. Yeah. yeah, right. He's just always there. That, I think that's the one thing with Fitzpatrick that you want to see a little bit more of. He's only got one top ten in, in a major. That's the and that's where Fleetwood I think separates Masters. a little yeah. bit. Where he's like he's not scared to play with the big boys. Uh, on a you know pretty consistent basis, I think Fitzpatrick does have some limitations as far, and he's gotten demonstrably longer over the last two or three years, I think. But um, you know, just from a pure distance perspective, he's still gaining strokes by being in the fairway and all that. His iron plays really, really, really good. Great, great long iron player, but um, you know, at some point, he's still at a distinct disadvantage in a lot of these majors where yeah. it's more of a distance game. I think if I can sum up your point, Randy, it's also just like, hey, just look out. Because like it, it, it still likely could be coming. For sure. And, for we, sure. and people have, he's it, kind of slid off people's And admittedly, based on my own criteria, yeah. this was probably the toughest case to make. Yeah. I'm, I'm more excited for my next two. Well, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a direction I wasn't expecting. A quick break here to give a shout out to our friends at Herbal Active, U-R-B-A-L-A-C-T-I-V. They are, of course, the CBD provider for all things no laying up and i got to give a shout out to the listeners you guys have been ordering the shit out of this product uh through using our promo code which is now nlu25 for 25 percent off all cbd products at herbal active uh through april 30th so if you're listening to this in april get on it now 25 percent off uh that is a special covid related crisis uh promo code they put together They've been doing a lot of great stuff related to the crisis. They're also uh, selling hands uh, sanitizing spray, surface sanitizing spray, three a little three-pack of spray bottles for $15. This stuff is hard to find almost anywhere. And uh, while you're there, do some shopping for some CBD products. I use the drops. I saw a big thing of the mints that are at the house. I know the guys love using the mints. I use the drops every night before I go to bed. It helps me sleep. And uh, a lot of people have been reaching out saying, you know, this this kind of quarantine period is making me actually have to try this stuff. I've never tried CBD before. I've got kids running around the house driving me crazy, and it's helped a lot. So thank you for all the feedback on this. And guys, please continue to uh, shop with our friends at Herbal Active, U-R-B-A-L-A-C-T-I-V, Dot com Again, that's NLU25 for 25% off your CBD order. Let's go back to the pod, and here is TC's first nomination. I'm going to go... Billy Casper. <laughs> I'm going to go with a guy... Some guy you guys have never even heard of. <laughs> I'm going to go with Lee Trevino. Okay. Uh, All right. Because I think Trevino rarely does... Like, I don't, I think, I don't it's think a very he... similar case to Casper, for what it's worth, with less wind. And more majors. <laughs> yeah, a lot more national opens. Of course. Uh, Trevino, PGA Tour rookie at 27 years old. That's crazy. I, I forgot that. 
That's wild. Which so so it's after being in the Marines for four years and then being a club pro, and just a <laughs> general hustler. He got tour privileges through qualifying for the U.S. Open and finishing fifth. That's how he made the PGA Tour. <laughs> it's like John um, Peterson. Which so going back to John Peterson, can we just? He's not one of my underappreciated guys. Guan Tian Long beat John Peterson in the Masters the one year. And a lot of other guys. Why but, are we going back to John Peterson? What does that have to do? Well, I was just looking that up the other day. Peterson was was all over. I was I was listening to the Cantley pod yesterday and, oh, and, and thinking, oh, and like, like I beat Cantley all the time. And I'm like, yeah, but like Tianlin <laughs> Guang beat you in the Masters, dog. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> what? Whoa. What just happened? <laughs> Guys, as I was get, saying, anyway, back, back to see how that here. got there in your head, but you were no. <laughs> <laughs> we're back to Peter. Remember when they penalized Tiamon <laughs> Anyway, so. Did you have Trevino on your list, by I the way? I did, yeah. Okay. So Trevino, yeah, he gets, he gets the U.S. Open top five in 1967, comes back in 68 as essentially a PGA Tour rookie and freaking wins which is sick um casper won six times that year okay <laughs> that's cool man <laughs> don't be that guy i'm just kidding yeah um, tron shot first man i'm gonna stand my ground florida's a stand your ground state <laughs> he uh at one point he held the u.s open british open canadian open at the same time that's which i think is really cool first to do that yep defended his british open uh from he, he won at burkdale and defended the next year at muirfield which I think those are two like rare air golf courses. I always thought to it was do sick that back that to back. Came from like hard scrabble, Texas, and then just beat up the British Open. Yeah, that's very cool. But wind wind player, you yeah. know. That's and a cool that vibe. that win the defended title stopped Nick, Nicholas. Won the first two majors that year, and he beat Nick, Nicholas. Finished runner up to him yeah. at the at uh, at Muirfield. He skipped the Masters in uh, 70, 71, and seventy four. Kind of right in his prime there like for he, a reason mm-hmm. yeah he just hated hated augusta he said really? he, he would only feel comfortable there if he came in through the kitchen or he would really? only feel truly invited if it was like through the kitchen yeah so in 1971 neil he had he, some takes he won the u.s open won the british open t13 at the pga championship he skipped the masters that year that is an <laughs> underrated boss move he would later come to say yeah. he regretted it yeah. very much and that the masters was a very special place and he got he came he came around on it. So his his first uh let's see four his first eight US opens, T fifty four, fifth, win, cut, T eight, win, T four, T four. Kind of sounds like he had some people explain to him his feelings about the Masters <laughs> later in life. No, here's what you actually meant to say. <laughs> was he a dog sure. or a killer? I think he was both. Oh, yeah. I think he was absolutely um, sure. From 1968 question. to 81, he won at least one event every year. That's How long? pretty cool. What's the streak? 68 to 14 81. years. So yeah, 68 to 81. 1984, he won the PGA at Shoal Creek at the age of 44. Can't imagine that was a place he felt all that comfortable. Um, he was runner-up at the age of 45 in 1985 while he was defending his title that he won at the age of 44. I thought that was pretty impressive, too. Just generally, I feel like most, you know, most lists that you look at, like the top 10 golfers of all time, he, you know, he's not on there. 
Um, How many total majors? He won six majors. Six? One of four players to twice win the U.S. Open, twice win the Open, twice win the PGA. The other three, Jack, Tiger, and Walter Hagen. 17, and, 17 7, and 6 in Ryder Cups? Which, like, I'm glad that you that you came with this one, TC, because I was afraid that it was going to be like, Lee Trevino's not underappreciated. Everybody knows who Lee Trevino is. No, like, I think I, I'm not riding for this yeah. one again, but it's similar to the Casper thing where it's like, dude, we already, Jack and Arnie and Gary Player, like, we got it, man. That was, like, the 60s and 70s. Like, we're, we're good. Yeah. And then, I don't know if somebody has no, Tom Watson, but, like, even Watson yeah. is higher regarded than Trevino. It's, yeah. like, super easy to just kind of glance past he won, six majors. He won the gold standard, 1980, yeah. player's champ. Uh, over Gentle Ben. A couple other things I, I found really, really interesting. He he won the U.S. Open and then kept going back to play in the New Mexico Open, which I thought was really cool. That feels like he's pandering to you on that one. <laughs> um, You're a big State Opens guy. State, yes, State Opens New are Mexico cool. New Mexico and the Mexican Open. Yeah, multiple Mexican Open winner. Won the Texas State Open twice, back-to-back -back years, 65 and 66. So, yeah, I don't know. Lee Trevino. And in the midst of all this, he was struck by lightning. So what <laughs> People happened? Forget that. He could be a what-if guy, too. It caused a bunch of back problems for him. What if he, what if he didn't get struck by lightning? What, when in his life did he get struck 75, by lightning? 1975. Hmm. Yeah, it definitely, you know, like his, he was vibing going up into that. Yeah. And he still won plenty after that, but not at the where same was, frequency. Where did that happen? It was a, he said only God can hit a one-iron? He said it afterwards, like, but would you do it any differently? And he said, I would hold a one iron up in the air because only God could hit a one iron. He would later state his regret at that comment as well. <laughs> it's really? comment. He had a lot. People got on him about that one? I mean. Different time, man. Yeah, I think it was kind of like, all right, people need to know that like, don't get struck by lightning. I think a little bit of it is if you think about I mean, the guys. You can't laugh at yourself. Yeah. The guys that won, it, I think at least for our generation, the guys who won a, a Masters way back in the day, them being a part of that ceremonial first tee shot at Augusta kind of puts you in a certain category. Yeah. And if you're not at Augusta, you know, like that's that's so much more face time that you get every single that's a good year. Point. Yeah. And he was a fader. He like so he yeah. couldn't play. He just remarked that, that golf course was just terrible for him. And he was his best finish was a T10. So he never really even sniffed a sniffed a Masters. You, you skipped over one important detail. His appearance in Happy Gilmore, of course, <laughs> might have made the movie. Do you, Do you think in that regard? I think, I that's, think he would later come out to regret that decision. Yes, well. I think he would too. <laughs> he didn't, I don't think he realized the, the the bad language that was going to be in the movie. I think your point about what the Masters does to raise people's profiles is uh, exceptional. I, I wonder if like somebody we know in our time who years and years from now, like a guy like Ernie Els, will he? Yeah be appreciated for what he's done because he, you know, he never won that green jacket. So because it, like, I, I think it goes in two ways too. There's the guys that play year after year after year, and it just gives them that opportunity to like a Sandy Lyle or somebody who, even if you're on the first page of the leaderboard after the first round, or you make an Eagle on Friday or something like all those little things just add up in the consciousness. And then, and then, yeah, it, I think, I think in Trevino's case, him being there with, with, Arnie and Jack and player would would have been, yeah, yeah. My thing with Trevino too is just like him staring down Jack multiple multiple times in majors and beating him uh, is one thing. And two, it's just like I feel like he is obviously well known for his personality and his quotes, and it's like 
the perfect caricature of a zany golfer. I don't even know if he is actually zany, but it can overshadow like his accomplishments. Yeah, and it's easy to think of him as just kind of a, a joke character in the game and not a six-time major winner, 29-time winner on the PGA Tour. Five-time led the tour in scoring average, four before he got struck by lightning, and he uh, has the only bogey-free tournament in PGA Tour history, which is sick. New Orleans, right? At uh, 74 grade in New Orleans. Over. That's only happened once? Yeah. That's so cool. He was also the first person to shoot under par in all four rounds of U.S. Open. That's correct. Won the Casio World Open in Japan. He's like He played, a, he's he played a, internationally, too. He's apparently a phenomenal shit-talker, too. Oh, yeah. That's. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get him. It sounds like he wasn't scared of anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I I think like, though it's is, easy, guys. <laughs> this is the opposite of underappreciating. We at least need to acknowledge and say out loud, racking up tour wins and major wins in this time is very different than doing it in today's day and age. The depth of professional golf was not even remotely close. Yeah, agree. I don't know what the scale is, but like a six-time major winner, maybe a three-time major winner in today's era. It might be four. I don't know exactly, but. Um, Jack Nicholas is not having 57 top three finishes in majors if he played in today's day and age. Just, I believe very, very. That's why I put so much into the top tens these days. Like, basically, if I'm looking at your uh, Wikipedia page and I see a bunch of yellow on there, you're a dog in my book. That's a good point. That's a good one, Neil. Next up, okay. Um, So I went at this more as somebody that I personally have maybe underappreciated, maybe because. I don't particularly like them very much, but they, they deserve some credit. Uh, this, this person's 41 years old, has 14 <laughs> PGA Tour wins, including a uh, PGA Tour playoff record of 5-1, five, five top fives in majors with two major victories. Zach Johnson? No. No. Oh. 15th on the all-time money list. Two majors? I saw your screen. Two so. majors. Includes three wins at Riviera, That's the three TC in Connecticut, Elk. two WGC events, uh, and two at Augusta. 41. He's older than 41. Booba? Oh, Burba. Bubba. Booba's 41? Bubba Watson. God, I didn't know he's that old. Burba. I was close with Elk. And I that think, was... <laughs> <laughs> and I, I want to point out that I forgot the WGC won the match play. He beat Kisner 7-6 and six in the finals. Like, that's... Yeesh. Like approaching Ames territory, I didn't realize it was that that uh, that might have been a thirty-six old final, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was. No, it was in the modern era. It was at Austin. It was twenty eighteen. It was recent. Oh, was I thought it was at Arizona. No, I mean it just vanquished him. Um, Which how dumb was a thirty-six old final? (laughs) But I want to say this: I think there's two two reasons he's underappreciated in my book. One, on on his account, he underappreciated the golf ball. Started from that dumb pink Volvic and and got detonated. For like, talk I, about one of the great own goals of our own time. goal yeah. and and underappreciated. Well, what, got what paid a lot though. Yeah, but, but underappreciated. Not as much as he would have made on the golf. <laughs> yeah. That might be right. Went into the absolute wilderness and then comes back out, starts playing <laughs> titleist again, and and wins rib. And two, I think I underappreciate him because I mean he's a Schwaldo, yeah. right? Like he's hard. He, he, you root against him, but like we were talking about on our like Oscars pod, he's one of those characters that. Brings out like visceral, visceral. It, it, it makes me feel something. If he's in the movie, I'm watching. Exactly. Sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, and when he's on a leaderboard, it's like, oh, Bubba's there. Oh, you know, it's like Newman from Seinfeld. That's oh. a really, really, really great. And pick. There, we need more of that in golf. And I think he's underappreciated. Like when he does his shoulder roll, like <laughs> constant. Nothing triggers me more than the Bubba shoulder roll after he hit a good shot and he's just walking down the fairway or a bad shot. 
or bad shot just doing this, you know, like probably blaming Ted for something. And uh, but he brings he, he the way that he he plays the game differently than pretty much everybody else out there. The way he hits the ball, like obviously there's some criticism of Bob and Gouge, but the way he hits it both ways, the way he's always shaping shots. Like I watched the 2012 Masters a couple weeks ago, and it, it's just like, yeah, it's it's fun to watch. It's like, man, he's just he's wailing on the ball. He's doing all kinds of stuff. He's the antics get me all jacked up. Like, God, what a what a schwal though. Like, all uh, so I think he's underappreciated. I'm gonna recuse myself from from Bubba at large, but I I will interject on his behalf. I don't I wouldn't classify him as a bombing gouger. Okay, that's fair. Just because he's long doesn't mean. That, you know, like yeah, he, he bombs it, but I don't think he gouges. He still it. hits like, it he's pretty straight. Super for, creative. Or, he's you know down the middle. Rather exceptionally talented off the tee. Very accurate and, and plays the correct shape for. But I would holes. I would say, TC, you brought this up a few moments ago. Other than John Peterson, you brought up that dude. You look for guys that win all over the place, a variety yeah. of wins. Bubba does not really have that. He's got he's got ballparks where he feels really comfortable. But I kind of see that as. But they're like, good ballparks. They're good ball. They're they're too. they're really good golf courses, and I th- I kind of have respect for someone that's like, yeah, I'm going there. I'm gonna beat this. This is my track, like Riviera uh, Travelers. I'm gonna. This is my spot. Like I'm gonna win this tournament, Masters, you know, I, Augusta. I almost think not to pick on the one thing that you said, but the the to the bomb and gouge point. I think when you talk about guys who would have been great with old technology, like I think he would have been even awesome, a complete world beater, like even more than he. Even more than he was. Just well, sometimes I feel like he gets put in the bomb and gouge. No, category I, I totally know what you mean. Of, and why he because said because of it, the outrageous yeah. ways he plays. Like at Riv, he'll take it over these trees, and you're just like, oh, that's not how the hole is supposed <laughs> to be played, you know. And, and it makes people like get mad at them, and then it also galvanizes kind of like the very casual golf fan. Like, oh, look at Bubba Golf, man, he's just wailing on the ball, and so that's annoying as well. <laughs> so, and then the you know all the marketing BS that comes with that, I think, leads to him not getting the credit he's due because, you know, he's kind of schnitz. I'd love to see him compete in a in a British Open. Yeah. Like, really compete, really play well, figure it out. That's it what seems pisses like me off. His major record honestly sucks. It's not like, good. It's not great. But <laughs> he, he, he won, won two, the two he, Masters. Two Masters is... But it's not like he is a horse for course for Augusta even. He has one... He had T5 and 18. No other top 10s. Um, his, other, his best finish after that is a T12 last year. Um, that T12 was better than T12 though. He was. He looked like he, he might, made a little run. Might at the win end. on 15 there. Yeah, it's frustrating. I, I, I it's don't like just, cheating at Augusta. I know it just doesn't left-handed. Left-handed and well, that's also where the bomb and gouge think. What he did at 13, right? It's people are just like this is you know. I try to take that out of- when he's dialed. Like he also puts it so good. Yeah, like, like he, he's really good at golf. He's so good. Like they, <laughs> yeah. I, I think Poulter. Like we, I, I've personally thrown a lot of hate towards both Bubba and Poulter. Like I would jab at Poulter's like actual pedigree as a pro, yeah. way sooner than I would Bubba's. Like, no, I, oh my God, Bubba's good. I think like when we, it's hard to do in the moment, and I know he's kind of somewhat past his his moment now. He still pops up every now and again, but like, I think for this exercise, when we look back on our generation, like Bubba's not going to be one of the first guys that comes to mind, and he probably should be. He, he was, should seriously. Like, I mean, oh, killer. one other thing I forgot to mention. He was he was part of the Golf Boys. He's part of the Golf Boys <laughs> for sure. Thank you for bringing that up. But he's finished second, third, fifth, and sixth on the money list. So just, I mean, he's a cash machine too. So like, it's his major record's not great, but he's had some years where it's just guys on. You know, he's in the top twenty-five over and over and over again. So, and for. For the kind of swing he has and the way he's trying to do 
hit the ball both ways. It's like I can see why he lost it with the Volvic, but <laughs> but it's impre- it's just really impressive. And I think he's still top of the nomination for like, hey, I'm going to a PGA Tour event. Who should I go watch? Like, go watch Bubba. Yeah, like you don't have to like him. I but going and watching him play golf is legitimately very very fun. His Ryder Cup record is sick. It's, what is it now? <laughs> Three eight and one or yeah, he's like zero and four in singles. I think. <laughs> um. Well, do you want to? That was an excellent yeah, submission. Do you want to skip? You did. Uh, you had Trevino as well. Yeah. Okay. We can. Oh, I get skip? No, no, let me take someone so I don't get skipped all day. Oh, okay. That's yeah. Fine. Um, I well, I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna start peeing on guys to so make sure that uh, I get some in. I think this one might be in somebody else's. I'm gonna take. You might have seen my screen already, but a uh, a four time major winner. He's won 22 times on tour. His first win when he was was when he was 20. And he almost won the Masters at the age of 49. I might have that year wrong. He won, almost won it when he was really old. <laughs> How about that? Had an offer to pitch for the... halfway in the ground. Had an offer to pitch for the... He won a tour event at 49. I'll put it that way. Ray Floyd? Yeah. Had an offer to pitch for the Indians coming out of high school. Did not know that. Was the manager of a topless band, the Ladybirds? Uh, <laughs> did not really. I knew there was some strip club kind of vibe with Raymond Floyd. I wasn't sure what the actual story was. Roger said he don't want him up in the strip club. Um, it was also the part owner of this bar, Cokes, which I can't <laughs> quite determine if that was a strip club or not. But um, it was a it was a cocaine circus. He won his first Masters in '76 by eight shots. It was wire to wire. The uh, the open was the only thing that kept him from winning the Grand Slam. He finished second to Jack there in 1978. Uh, he lost in a playoff to Faldo in 1990. If he wins that, there's only nine modern golfers with more majors than him. As it stands now, there's still only 12. Um, and I think he had like a four or five shot lead that on that Sunday and lost that to Faldo. And uh, like I said, won a tour event at 49 and was 14th in the world at age 50. Just huh. maybe the game's it, one of the game's biggest alphas. Is Raymond Floyd the original Brooks? Just wanted to be a baseball player. Wanted to be a baseball player. Kind of, kind of. He was a baseball player. He was a baseball player. Might like to, you know, might like to mix it up in some uh, some topless scenes. I don't know. Sorry, his first major was the '69 uh, PGA, but yeah, his first nice. Masters was an eight-shot win that he won wire to wire. So. Wonder how. I wonder how he likes his meat cooked. <laughs> I don't know. That was a hot topic of discussion this week. For sure. We need to get back to playing some golf. So I don't have a ton more on him other than like we need to get a podcast with that guy. And I just like I don't know. Four majors is a is a hell of a lot for somebody that I feel like no one ever talks about um, other than like off course yeah, stuff. Other or other than the tour like pros like yeah. Elk and everybody that's like, dude, he was he was the alpha. Like I'm fascinated he, by him. When he walked on the range. I mean Brooks D it just seems like physically imposing dude that all the other tour guys were like, yeah. I'm he not wasn't physically imposing, though, was he? I, I thought, thought he was. was. I think he's I a big guy. Ray Floyd, I thought, was a small. Like, oh, no, no, no. no he, he, was was a, unit. he was a unit. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. 6'1". Well, no, you see him on uh, like the Masters Rewind. He's kind of like got that. He's always kind of got that scowl his, on his, his face. face. I always thought he was shorter for some reason. He did. He just like didn't put up with bullshit. Like there's a a story Fred Couples tells on Faraday of like 91 Ryder Cup. Seve was coughing and Azinger's backswing, and then Ray Floyd and Couples played him the next week. Or the next That's day. That's gamesmanship, man. And Floyd on the second hole was like, hey, heard you had a cough yesterday. You won't be having one today. <laughs> and Seve didn't cough like the entire day. Um, we might need to get into some of the gamesmanship stuff. Yeah. Uh, the Seve stuff that you've been uncovering. Oh, it'll be, it's going to get aired out in, in the, in the he's, Ryder he's Cup. He's potentially fight. the ultimate dog, it sounds like. 
you know. Yeah. Definitely a killer, but maybe maybe at the top of the food chain as sounds far as like, dogs. Sounds go. like he killed when he absolutely had to. Yeah. So that's, that's a good it. one. Next up. Uh I'll keep I'll keep a short one here to uh to keep it moving. This was the definition of just like underappreciated, like wow, really? That happened. The guy that won three US opens. Hale Irwin. Hale Irwin. Yeah. Wow. Guy won really? three. Guy won. Can you believe that? <laughs> guy won three U.S. Opens. That's crazy. The Hale American Open. He, uh, you know, 20 PJ Tour wins. Uh, another underappreciated thing, 45 wins on the Champions Tour. Yeah, he beat up the Champions Tour. <laughs> he just absolutely decimated the Champions Tour. Um, he kind of invented the Champions Tour. But it was really, f- I, the the three three U.S. Opens is, that's a lot, man. Did he win <laughs> any wild. other majors? He did not. Three majors, three That's U.S. Opens. Interesting. Uh, Wingfoot, nineteen seventy-four. Winning score was plus seven. Uh, many people. That's think, right up Randy's alley. Many people think it, it was uh, it. a direct response to Johnny Miller's sixty-three the year before. Neil, going back, I'll, I'll say I think Trevino. Long, <laughs> we get it. <laughs> no. Trevino invented the Champions Tour, I think. Did he? And then and then Hale Irwin kind of took the. Hale Irwin mac- okay. maximized it. Uh, I mean, John won. Peterson would have won a lot. <laughs> Wing, Wingfoot in 74, Inverness in 79, and, and Medina at age like 42 or 44 or something um, in 1990. So it's a quick one, but I don't think people talk about the fact that he won three, so three U.S. Opens very much. That's a lot it, of US Was open. he, but he was at the top of the game for a while. Like he was, he was on the Ryder Cup. He was yeah, oh yeah. top oh, yeah. American goal. 20 wins. I mean, yeah. he. Great career, but... Uh, it wasn't an Ustazen situation. No, no, no. Definitely yeah. not. There's kind of a theme emerging here, or at least the last two guys have been... Um, were subjects in Michael Bamberger's Men in Green book. It's a great, great correlation. Which I think there, is... Yeah. You know, every time I... Every time I've met and seen Michael Bamberger, I just ask him about Ray Floyd stories. <laughs> but there's there some really good Hale Irwin stories in there, too. I was going to say, they're also in that, like, post... Coming <laughs> off the the Jack yeah. dominance into the, into the lull of... Uh, late 70s, 80s. Um, okay, me? Please. This guy, what if I told you... Uh, <laughs> Is this a 30 for 30? What if I told you this guy has the same kind of top-level resume as Graham McDowell, Keegan Bradley, and Gary Woodland? Specifically, four PGA Tour wins, including one major. Ben Curtis. It's Ben Curtis. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> You know, of course, everybody knows him for his British Open win. I think everybody thinks of that as like the total out of nowhere, pie in the sky fluke. For my part, I think he's a bit underrated for what he did beyond that. And quickly run through this. Uh, You know, stellar amateur career was two-time state champion in Ohio. Golden flashes, right? He went to uh, Kent State where he was a three-time All-American. Fourth person to win the Ohio Amateur two times in a row. Got through Q School in 2002, made his PGA Tour debut in 2003. I assume Mr. Nicholas is one of those people. Yes. (laughs) Um, And what was interesting about his British Open win in 2003 was the first ever um, major he had played in. And so, wasn't he ranked 396th in the world or something like that? Yep. (laughs) So, yeah, a couple stats. um, So, in that case, he's really in Keegan's ballpark, right? I was going to say. Curtis was the first person since Francis we met in 1913 to win his first major start. And then Keegan joined him uh, with his 2011 PGA Championship. As Solly said, he was ranked 396th in the world going into that British Open. I got uh, that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have that up. Yeah, which is the lowest ranked person to win a major since uh, the OWGR started. 
Well, he grew up like 40 minutes away from where I, and we played his like home course every year in, in high school golf. So like everyone in Columbus, Ohio was like, holy shit, Ben Curtis might win the, God, win the Open guys, Championship. Those are the best. The UK British the, Open the is what we were calling it. Moments. Yeah. There had to be a lot of Atlanta guys like that, right? Just kind of local. I don't know. It seems like there'd be a lot of good golfers from there that. Well, the point is there's not a ton pop up on the, Columbus, Ohio. No, exactly. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> no, I think in Atlanta, it was just they're, they're all on the PGA Tour now. They're yeah. not like underrated. I guess that's probably true. Yeah. You know, they were all all Americans and SEC schools and all that. Uh, so the last few things that Open Championship was 2003. Uh, in 2006, he has a monster year on tour. Uh, wins two times the the, the Booz Allen, Allen and the 84 Lumber. I mean, talk about two. TC's going to get you on. He's two get jewels. Because neither of those exist. Anymore. Well, two no, jewels. I'm a though. massive 84 Lumber classic fan. <laughs> Just, 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 Who would have thought? Matt, rampant inconsistencies with your, with your um, criteria. In 2000, Billy Casper for events that were only around for five years. Shout out to the 84 Lumber Classic. <laughs> in 2008, <laughs> earns over two and a half million, makes his way onto the Ryder Cup at Valhalla, beats Lee Westwood in Sunday singles, has a runner up at the PGA Championship. Uh, 2012, so this is nine years past his, his Open Championship. He has another big year. He, he makes 12 cuts on tour. He gets another win, uh, has another runner-up, earns over $2.5 million, uh, finishes runner-up at the Players, and uh, his last win, his fourth win on tour, was the Valero Texas Open. Which How much is, money did he make? Do you have that handy? Yeah, so for his career, uh, like I said, four wins, uh, three runner-ups, one major, uh, earned – just about $14 million in career earnings, has walked away from the PGA Tour uh, in part because of family and a desire to be home, be closer, live a different lifestyle. So he's a teaching pro now, and he may, may return uh, once he turns 50 to compete on the Champions Tour. But unless he's only, keep, he's only f- Unless they keep gerrymandering all the uh, <laughs> well, yeah, eligibility rules. I would say a major winner. Yeah. He'll probably have a... Can we, can we just go ahead and say it, like everyone that's about to turn 50? He's going to wreak havoc on the Champions <laughs> well, Tour. No, what's crazy is he's only like 42. I know. So but in eight years, yeah. you have no idea. He is going to yeah. wreak yeah. havoc. I'll, I'll tell you who. But the Champions Tour criteria is going to be like, who has the most followers? His career <laughs> His career reminds me of Rich Beams. Sure. A lot. As far as just like the, the profile of one of mate like got hot as fuck. Won a major. Um, one, I'm not sure how many times Beam won. Probably three or four. I think he has. I think he won four times. I think yeah. you're exactly right. Also, Booz Allen Classic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't Beam sponsored by 84 Lumber? Or am I making that up? Not sure. Randy, I, I am going to call bullshit on your Ohio AM. Uh, Jack Nicholas never won the Ohio AM. Oh, oh is that right? I yeah. just Randy, I set you up for failure. Yeah. There, so. We've got. Uh, let's see here. We've got. Nothing gets past TC. Please. That's Joe, a great, great check there. Joe Bull won in 1909 and 1910. Uh, won again in 1914. You've got Harold Weber, one in 20 and 21, went back-to-back. Maurice McCarthy went back-to-back in 37 and 38. Robert Service went back-to-back in 39 and 40. Frank Stranahan went back-to-back in 41 and 42. Palmer went back-to-back in 53 and 54. That's that's Are, that's who I had read. Uh, hold on. Are any of these guys your underappreciated guys? John Cook went back-to-back in 78 and 79. And then the last guy to go back-to-back... Curtis, 99, 2000, and then the last guy. Actually, there's two guys since Curtis that have gone back-to-back. One of them's on the PGA Tour. Canadian. Or born, born in Canada. Frank Stranahan. 
I think you already named him in the cur- currently on the PGA Tour. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Kokrak. Really? Yeah. Xavier. Xavier guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ex Xavier. Andrew Dorn went back to back in thirteen and fourteen. I think it's once you're Xavier, always Xavier, for sure. So anyway, Ben Curry. Well, thanks. I, I think you know. Thanks for writing that wrong. Yeah. Very underappreciated. Yeah. So next time you think of Ben Curtis, he was much more than the Open Championship. All right. I can go a lot of different directions here. <laughs> Got three options. You know, I was thinking. Three? All right, How many did you prepare? The whole point is whittling it down. To yeah, me. no. I'm just going <laughs> to piss on some guys. Uh, we've got, so what do you go with? Do you go with longevity? Do you go with you know, the flame that burns the brightest? Twice, twice as bright, half as long. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, so longevity, maybe you go with Dustin Johnson. If he's the greatest player of all time, but people don't recognize him as such, is he, is he necessarily... You know, underappreciated. I think so. I, I, um, I had DJ as a okay a potential nominee. He's both underrated and overrated. That, I he's, was going to say, I'm ready for that discussion. He's. I, I think he really is both. It was hard for me to to submit him for this one. You know, I looked hard at uh, I looked hard at David Duvall, um, in that you know flame that burns exactly. the brightest, um, pluckiness. You know, Zach Johnson, two time major winner. I hate his guts, but you know, like I of all people probably underappreciate him. And then, you know, I'm kind of torn between Weisskopf and VJ. I, Did anybody have either of those guys? I almost had Weisskopf. You just on the whole tour. <laughs> yeah. Let me read the 1976 money list here and see <laughs> some of these guys. Uh, I almost had Weisskopf, but digging in, the, the record wasn't quite as impressive as I remember. Well, I, I have a Weisskopf take. Weisskopf won his first. You need to submit yes. who you're well, Who's your guy? Sure. This is disgraceful. VJ's my guy. All right. Okay. But I have a Weisskopf thing before we get there. A lot more than Weisskopf. Weisskopf won his first major at the age of 31. His only major at the age of 31. Do you know who's 31 right now? Ricky. <laughs> as, as you're just staring <laughs> a hole in the way. <laughs> I mean, Weisskopf and Ricky have pretty much the exact same career arc. So that's that's all I'm saying is Weisskopf may be. That's the, all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey, that's all I'm saying. Why might be the. All right, let's move on to VJ. Okay. Anyway, VJ. <laughs> Total menace. This is subjective. Uh, I just don't think he gets the credit he deserves. Hey, um, I'm here for this. Which, Fully agree. You know, I think he he's a terrible putter. He's not a great chipper, but like he's. He puts with a glove on now. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's done so many different Chips things. Um, on that front, but he's just such a, like, he just, he just hits greens, hits the ball close. It's wild. I will never forget 2014 Memorial. He's teeing off in a practice round on the 15th hole. And some dude in the crowd is trying to give him a lesson (laughs) and VJ listens and the guy gives him a card at the end. Of, like he stood there and talked to the guy for like three minutes. He's the ultimate tinker. He was listening to a fan like in shorts in the crowd give him a lesson, and the guy gives him a card as in like call me and we'll talk about this. It wasn't that the guy was trying to give him a lesson. Is that VJ <laughs> listened? I th- I think I think left-handed VJ might be the most underrated golfer. <laughs> it's a scratch, lot. right? Yeah, supposedly. Um, but yeah, VJ. I don't know. I just I I go back to a that. 2004 season was What did he incredible. win eight times? Or he won eight times even before that. He won the 03 Phoenix That was on Open. the shelf for a lot of it, though. He won the Byron Nelson in 03. He won the John Deere in 03. And then he won Disney in 03. And then he won Pebble, Houston, New Orleans, um, the 
Buick Open, which was it, the one at Warwick, Warwick Hills. How many wins did he have, though? 25 or something? Uh, he's got More than 30 that. something, I think. 34, 34. PGA Tour yeah. wins. All right, so Buick Open at Warwick Hills, PGA that year, which that was news to me. I, I didn't know that he won the 04 PGA. What's the strength? I don't remember that tournament happening. Um, it was all precursor to, to the to the bunker yeah. incident. He won the 04 Deutsche Bank. You know who was in that playoff with him in, at the 04 PGA? I do. DeMarco. Um, and Justin Leonard. He won the 04 Deutsche Bank, beat uh, Adam Scott and the cat. By, you got to remember, this is this is like it's the heyday. mega cat. Yeah. yeah. Um, he won the Bell Canadian Open in 04. And he won the '84 Lumber Classic, which which was held seven times. Oh, I, I'll mistake. add. Sorry. And then he won the Chrysler Championship in October on on Halloween of '04. And then he starts off in '05 and he wins the Sony, just coming right out of the gates firing again. So, yeah, I'm just blown away by the guy's career. He's got longevity. He refuses to play the Champions Tour, which is really really cool. And then, how old is he now? Fifty five. I think he fifty seven. He's 57. Wow. <laughs> um, love his nickname, the, the Big Fijian. Big Fijian. He's, this entire time, he is demonized and antagonized Tor HQ. <laughs> <laughs> he, he crowned him, though, settling that lawsuit. Yeah, which they were going to have to open their books, which would have been an, the ultimate sweepstakes. A couple other things I want to point out. He won the Taiwan Open, the Malaysian Open, South African Open, the Korean Open, the German Open by 11 strokes, which... Interestingly enough, the German Open doesn't exist anymore. How does a National Open not exist anymore? They probably didn't have enough tests for people to be allowed on German golf courses. Um, South African Open, Scandinavian Masters. Um, he won the original King Hassan Trophy before it was the Trophy Hassan II. So the that's the why they had to change Hassan it. Right? Essentially, yes. Wow. What I always liked is uh, late in his career, he, he rode hard for. Uh, Alan Stanford and Stanford Financial after the Ponzi scheme stuff. He still had the, he still had the logo for a long time. People were like, "Yo, you should get rid of that." He's like, "Dude, it's worth so much money." I'm like, fuck you. Who like, can say? Of, uh, that's a pretty serious yeah. list of national opens. Yeah, I mean, I think the shark might be up there. It's pretty impressive. He's yeah. he's a conqueror. Can you tell the story about uh, Zach Blair and VJ on the range? Yeah, uh, Colonial one year. This might have been Zach's rookie year or. Probably second year because he had made the playoffs and stuff. So Zach's out there at the back of the range at Colonial um, just practicing. I think this was early in the week. He gets out there. VJ had gone and I think like was working on his chipping or went and got a water or something like that. Comes back out and Zach is practicing in his spot. So there's like one spot that's in the shade. Yeah. The whole rest of it is just getting beat by the sun. And, uh, and, and VJ... Says to Zach, like, hey, you took my spot, man. This is, like, it says it says V there. <laughs> he made a V with the divot pattern. Divot pattern. Unmistakably, VJ's spot. And Zach goes, nah, man. It says Z now. <laughs> <laughs> and keep in mind the I want like the size difference between VJ yeah. and Zach. That's the thing about Zach's like, yeah, VJ he's always, always been cool ever him. ever since I did that. He's like super cool to me. <laughs> <laughs> he likes it when you punch him in the face, exactly. kind of. But VJ is an absolute unit. Mm-hmm. Oh, huge. Um, no, check it out, dude. It says Z now. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, VJ saying, good pick. Very good well pick. done. That's that's a that's a good one. All right, I'm going. I'm going modern times again. Similar to my last one. Someone that maybe not doesn't get the respect due to just kind of personal feelings. Uh, but this person, uh, a man born in South Africa, 
but grew up in England. Justin Rose. Yes. <laughs> 39 years old. <laughs> oozes all the pomp and prim of an English golfer. 10 PGA Tour wins. 11 Euro Tour wins. Seventh on the all-time money list, which surprised me. That's... That is, God, there's such a... That's just recency. But still, yeah, there's but, such a but, disconnect okay, but there's between an argument 10, there. 10 wins and seventh all-time. <laughs> True. That sucks. No, well, it's 21 with the Euro Tour. But I would but say... the money list is only counting one. Yeah. Okay. But it's hard to make the argument that it's... You make the argument about Trevino. Like, has to be that golf wasn't as competitive back then. Totally. Mm-hmm. So then to come around and say... Well, you know, recency bias on the money. Yes, the money is, but it's also kind of a showing how much, I guess, stronger the field is. Well, so so to your to Justin Rose is so 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 good and underappreciated. I totally agree. I, he's not my thing. We've this is well worn territory on this podcast. But Dustin Johnson has two wins for every one of his in the same era. Was it DJ have twenty four? DJ's twenty. DJ's 20. how much younger? Well, you just. Flippantly throughout, Rose is so underappreciated. I, I, I'd like for you to build your case, counselor. Because <laughs> I just I'm, mean he's. I'm not. I, I'll tell I just you. Mean he's know. always. He's things. always there. He like content. He doesn't yeah, miss me, a lot of cuts. He always contends. Let me like, finish. He's got a major win. He has 16 top tens in majors, including 10 top fives, which to me is impressive. Kind of going back to what we were saying about Fitzpatrick and Fleetwood, a dude that is not scared to be there on Sunday in the biggest moments, and he's done it consistently for the last decade. Has he contended at a lot of those? I remember him contending at a lot of Masters, but like I don't really remember him being in the thick of things. Playoff I think that counts as contending. I That's would true. also I would also <laughs> say that Rose. That was the Masters. That's I remember I when I was young when he was an amateur in the Open, and he was the next big thing for English golf. And and when you look at like the way they treat like Andy Murray in tennis, like there is so much pressure that goes along with being like the chosen one in English sports, and he turns pro. Young, and I don't wouldn't say struggles, but struggles to live I up. Would say I would say struggles. <laughs> well, I mean, but every cut, for no, sure but struggle. But then, I guess I'm talking about like longevity wise, but definitely struggles to live up to the expectation. But then I would say, kind of has right, and mm-hmm. so I think it's underappreciated totally. that a dude had yeah. that much on his shoulders, and he's still he has created a career, and he's only 39. So I would say with that golf swing and just. General skill set. I think he's underachieved, in my opinion. Fair enough. I think you're he's under- yeah, underappreciated. I don't, under- under- I don't know if anybody underappreciates him right now. Like I don't know who. I think what you're him. what you're going for is like. I think we can speak for most of the people at this table. He doesn't make you feel anything. So like you just you don't in have a way like, he's the opposite above glosses over you. Yeah, it just like he doesn't. Honestly, if he didn't play for two years, how long would it take for us to notice? Like if nobody mentioned it, like nobody say a word, and he didn't play golf for two years, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about you. what happened to Justin Rose." <laughs> yeah, I just think that I, because of the fact that he doesn't make me feel much, I underappreciate yeah. how strong he is and how consistent he is. That's why it's my criteria. Listen, right. I can't tell you your personal opinion's wrong. No. Sure, but you think he's but overrated. But it's wrong. <laughs> no, I just think no, no. I just no. think my opinion of him is different, and you that's think, fine. But do you think he's properly? I think he's very properly appreciated. I think he's very properly appreciated. I think he's a rich man's Jimmy Walker. <laughs> Jimmy know. Walker that's has a, that's a Jack Reacher. has one one major, six wins, add some more top tens in majors and a and a few Euro Tour wins. And I will say, Justin Rose. Jim, nobody rides harder for Jimmy Walker than than me. But a lot of his wins are like 
Fry's and Sony and Justin some, Rose did win. Mucho I, not good events, whereas Justin Rose's are like WGC. He did Memorial, the, like Memorial, he yeah, and the gold medal. golf. Well, he won the gold medal. Too. Won the gold medal. If we want to talk about I big, just think big boy WGC wins, when you talk about DJ, I then. just want to say, hold on, for sure, one six underappreciated in the fact that when you carry the hopes of a nation on your shoulders. There's a lot of pressure involved with that. Again, Jimmy Walker that. carried the hopes, no, did. Of, hopes of Texas get on his shoulders. Get out of here with that. In the astronomy community. Exactly. Maybe the hopes Ast- of astrology. A <laughs> I believe it's astrology. <laughs> Maybe the entire galaxy is resting yeah. on his shoulders. So that, well, that's would be the best point. Maybe multiple universes. Hmm? Yeah. Who could say? It if you got deep into astrology. Isn't it? Oh, it uh, astrology is like the reading the signs. <laughs> okay, never mind. Um, all right, we ready for the next one? Ready. This guy, I'm so glad it got, I can't believe this got to me. I thought this was going to get taken. Uh, he was the first player to add a third wedge to his bag. He was one of the first players to use a sports psychologist. Phil? One of the first to emphasize physical fitness for game improvement. Gary Player? No. Which I, I don't know. This is on this guy's wiki, but <laughs> Gary Player definitely did that. Late in his career, underwent laser eye surgery Tom Kite. due to his partial blindness. Tom Kite. How many tour wins do you think uh, Tom Kite has? Okay, I have no idea. I'm going to guess uh, 16. That's a good I was guess. Guess. 20, was, 20 was the number that I had in my mind. 19-time tour winner. He won the 92 U.S. Open at Pebble Beach in whipping wins. The scoring average that day was 77. He shot a <laughs> 72. Um, Monty got in the house at something, I forget, and, and – uh, and Kite was going out to the back nine in like 35 mile an hour wins. And it was like, whoa, Monty might have this. And he went out and shot even on the back nine in absolutely whipping wins. A sick moment from that tournament, Gil Morgan at one point was 12 under par. Doctor Gil Morgan. An eye doctor in his own right. And <laughs> he was at one point 12 under and finished at plus five. Oh he shot 84 in the last round. Whoa. Uh, he's, Tom Kite's been 175 weeks in the top 10. Played on seven Ryder Cup teams. He made the cut at the 72, 82, 92, and 2000 U.S. Opens at Pebble. Had a Masters run from 75 to 86 that included T10, T5, T3, T18, 5th, T6, T5, T5, T2, T6, cut T2. He finished tied for second to, uh, to Jack in 86. 12 top 10s at Augusta, including three runner-ups. Johnny Miller called him the greatest short iron player that ever lived. He's a Hall of Famer, but I legitimately never hear anyone ever talk about him. Uh, watching the 86 Masters, the, the replay that was on the other day, I just didn't realize it at the time. I kind of always pictured him in the Corey Pavin bucket of like faking it around, amazing short game and chipping and putting. Dude was a flusher. And he just goes into the like that's that, that uh, group of guys that I would have never really have I would have passed by and not fully appreciated the talent and depth of their game. Supposedly, he was just a complete range rat, just bang ball after ball after ball after ball. And the reason why he's so underappreciated, it is hard to look that unintimidating and be fully appreciated. That's what I struggle with. Is when I like when I was a kid, <laughs> kind of like learning the you know learning the history or of the game or whatever. It was like I had room in my brain for like one thing about each guy. I was like, oh, okay, Tom Kite, he's the guy who looks like uh, the guy from Indiana Jones. He yeah. gets his face melted. <laughs> Got it. Uh, next, who's up next? Ben Crenshaw. Okay, won the Masters. Okay, next. So yeah. that's a good one. I, I fully support that. Yeah. Uh, he was first to like $5 million, first to $6 million, first to seven. He was the career money winner for quite a considerable period I would, of time. I would also say some, an underrated 
uh, thing for Tom Kite with me is I, I got him confused with Tom Watson because of the Ram <laughs> sure. stuff, the Rams, yeah. the Ram hat and the, the name Tom. I just could never, I was like, wait, is that Watson or is that Kite when I was growing up? You know, and, and I, I wish Ram. Can we talk about the Ram wedge? Yeah, so I have an affinity <laughs> for Kite as well because I played a Ram 55 degree wedge. I hit the grooves off of it from like third grade through pretty much college. And I just, it was like a hand me down club. I don't know where I got it. And it was this, Awesome spring out. And he I could was, hit everything from 110 to. It was, my, it was the only wedge I had in the bag for. Uh, Sound like he should have had three. Yeah, I probably should have. <laughs> uh, but I just, I've always had like I wish Ram would come back. Let me put it that way. Love their, love their hats. Like you watched the 1980 um, or 82, I guess Masters and Watson's just rocking like the massive like flat build, fit, like fitted Ram. Is and is it Ram, like? Ram is getting a lot of run on this. Yeah, no, my question. Here. This is a question I had watching that. Is it Ram like uh, car, like trucks? No, but no. that's what I was gonna say. Is like all it ever reminded me of was like the pickup trucks. How yeah. many free ads you guys you want to give out here? Well, they exactly. don't. Do they exist anymore? Ram golf. Yeah, yeah. So I it's not a free do. ad. It, they turn into random access memory. They're in all the computers. So. <laughs> yeah, they're still part. around. They're still around. Really? Yeah. Well, now they're going to be thriving after Neil's just giving them all this run. Listen, I got that military flyover that's happening right now is Callaway coming for your eyes. <laughs> no, I've got, uh, I just, it's a little nostalgic with Ram. That's all. Um, all I right. wouldn't advocate anybody go out and Going buy anything to, Ram. Going uh, back to Kite, broke up. So he, ta- he was co-medalist at the NCAA championship in 1972 with Ben Crenshaw. Crenshaw won, who was solo medalist, 71 and 73. And then Crenshaw, and they were both teammates. And that Texas. same year, he made the cut at the U.S. Open at Pebble. Awesome. Co medalist. Who won the? Did they not play it off? I guess not. Right and not. but both the same you team. know what the crazy part is? They had they had co medalists, and were they both Austin guys too? Uh, I believe. I know he lives in Austin. Oh, actually, they did win. Yeah, they beat be great. Te- they beat Texas. Great Texas pod. beat Houston two years in a row. Mm-hmm. So, um, good stuff. Anything else? That's it. All right. I think this one. Again, it's it's probably fairly obvious, but um, as we're throwing out honorable mentions, I did want to give a, a mention to uh, Charles Howell III making $1.2 million on tour for 19 seasons in a row. Mm. Mm. Pretty good. Mm. <laughs> pretty good to even just stay healthy for 19 seasons in a row, let alone keep your card. Uh, all right, this uh, my last guy, 25 PJ Tour wins, two majors. Gonna need a little more than that. Well, I th- you're, you'll get it on the next one, but... Uh, from 1974 to 1976, he won 15 times. Johnny Miller. John Miller. Uh, How many times? 15. <laughs> from 1974 to 1976. Jesus. Is that any good or no? Uh, and I think this is kind of, <laughs> granted it. He shot 63 in final round of the He did shoot 63. You know, we're going to get there, couldn't man. couldn't putt. Uh, for sure. But he didn't need to because he hit it so Johnny close. might have been the original VJ. <laughs> he might have it. My thesis here is if we're going back to underappreciated, I think I've I've made this point on the podcast a couple times, but I think him being a broadcaster for so long is how most of our generation knows him. And, you know, he's become kind of a, a meme as far as like choking and nerves and all that stuff. Uh, 63 at Oakmont. <laughs> 63 at Oakmont. Like I think all that stuff has become such a, a bit almost that people forget how freaking good he was and how dominant. He was, and also how good of an announcer he was, and how good of an announcer he was. I think that's, I think that's exactly right. Um, so yeah, I mentioned fifteen times from uh, seventy four to seventy six. Eight of them were in nineteen seventy four. Won eight times. Um, 
And then after the 76 Open, didn't win again until 1980. He won another three or four times after that. That was about it. Uh, finished top 10 at the Open five years in a row. Pretty good, including a win in 1976 at Birkdale. I didn't realize this. Uh, maybe this is like very obvious, but uh, Birkdale, he beat Jack and Seve by six shots. Seve was 19, and he was a 54-hole leader uh, by two and lost by six. Uh, in, not only that, he uh, Sevy finished played his last six holes in five under to finish six back. What? <laughs> yeah. Whoa! You're talking about Steve Steve Balesteros. <laughs> Steve Balesteros. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, that was the summer that it was like mega burned out, right? I think so. It was. It was. I believe we that got like Turnberry is the next year. I think is Turnberry was, was the duel in the sun, right? Yeah, seventy-seven. I think 76 was pretty. I think 76, like they were in a big drought. Yeah, it was like a couple years ago when we were in Scotland. The big dust clouds puffing up when the ball hits the ground. Patrick Boyd always talks about that. He's like, man. Um, Of course, his other, Johnny's other major victory, uh, 1973 at Oakmont. Uh, His famous. What happened there? His famous 63 in the final round. Thank you for asking, Randy. Have you guys ever heard the yardage book story from from that tournament? I don't think so. I had never heard this. Uh, He went out Saturday. So he's, and I believe he was paired with Arnold Palmer at Oakmont. Arnie's army is just, it's a a complete stronghold. Thank you, Arnie. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Arnie. We are your army. We are your army. Shout out to MikeStone.com. It's it's just Fort Bragg for for Arnie's army. They're just all over the place. So he's he's playing against him. He's in the hunt. He's right there. Uh, Realizes as he's going to the first tee, he can't find his yardage book anywhere. Like anywhere. Searches it. Everywhere, every single pocket of his bag, every pocket of his pants, can't find it anywhere, doesn't have it. His wife has to drive, he tees off, his wife has to drive 40 miles each way back to the rental house to get his yardage book because he's freaking out because he's like, dude, uh, I don't think he said dude, but he's like, (laughs) he's like, Oakmont, you can hit such, you can hit perfect iron shots, but if you're 20 feet above the hole, like you're going to make bogey. And without the yardage book, like, all my notes are in there, all my spots on like where to miss, all this stuff. Uh, so by the time his wife got back, he was five over through seven, which gives him the yardage book. He like gets it in the house, shoots like 76 or something. Um, so that's why he was so far back. He was six back going wow. into the final round, shoots 63 in the final round. Great trivia, but literally shoots 63. How many other players broke par that day? One. Four. Four players mm. broke par. Meanwhile, he shoots 63. Uh, he hit every green. His average birdie putt length was 12 feet. Jeez. He also, out there. I was going to say, 63 might have been the worst. He, he also lipped out on 17 and 18. He's committing putts. And he three-putted from 12 feet on number eight. <laughs> <laughs> Could have this quote, literally been six, 59 or 60. Wow. I, did, I, I didn't know that about like that. That gives me a whole new appreciation for. There's a quote from Golf Magazine in 2010. Where uh, Johnny's talking about his peak period in the 1970s, and he says, uh, "When I won in Tucson by nine shots in '75, I would say the average iron shot I hit that week was no more than two feet offline. It was unbelievable. <laughs> when I was at my peak, I would go into streaks where I felt that I could knock down the pin from anywhere with my irons. I played some golf that I think is unequaled. That's like, great. 
sounds like ridiculous hyperbole, but might be completely true. Which I love a a professional that will say that. Yeah. Like yeah. I and you know, there's a lot of great players out there. No, like fuck that. Like give me that. <laughs> yeah. I want somebody like I try to as best I can on interviews. Like brag about yourself. I want people like show some confidence. Cantley, I thought was really good at that. Just yeah. like yeah, I saw that I was better than a lot of PGA Tour players when I was 20 years old. Like, that's sweet. Yeah. Say things like that. We know you think it. Say well, he it. said he I was encouraged. my feet on Johnson Wagner's couch. Yeah, <laughs> He was encouraged by uh, seeing JT and Spieth play well because he's like, I know I'm these guys' peer. Yeah. Um, Same with John Peterson. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that's that's what I got for – those are my three. I, I'm just unapologetic – uh, Homer for Johnny Miller. I Absolutely. Love Johnny. Well Johnny done. Miller, and I don't think he some gets of those the credit stories, he deserves for his. Some of the stories from Andy Martinez. Oh, too, of like, yeah, man, he would he would hit he would hit at least one stick like every other day. Well, there's that. There's all, the, and a lot of it just feels like it's turned into like tall tales now when you get anybody talking about him. But measuring like making Andy Martinez measure all the stuff in half yardages, like is it 176 and a half or is it 176? Like, I, what is it? Like that kind of stuff is just. I mean, he was. That was how I to f- say he was dialed would be a, that was a very, how I an felt understatement. There's a couple hours out of Ballyneal. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that was. Thank you. You're yeah. very welcome. That was very nice. Everyone laughs at the 63, man. It's it's literally the best round of all time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my last submission is one I'm kind of excited about. This was a good learning process for me. Everything I'm about to tell you is <laughs> totally true. It's totally <laughs> These true. These are based on true events. It happens in a four-year span, roughly a four-year span. This person wins 12 times on the PGA Tour. Uh, they win the Open Championship at St. Andrews by five shots. They make 15 total starts in majors. Uh, they do not miss a cut. They have seven top tens. Faldo? No. A runner-up at the Masters and also the, the Open Championship. They play in two Ryder Cups. Sorry, wins one major in this time? Yeah. Okay. They play in two Ryder Cups, both winning efforts. They compile an 8-1-2 and two record in those Ryder Cups. The only two this person will ever play in. Any guesses? I'm like totally at a loss for the time Man. period. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think who Johnny else. Miller said no. he was the second most popular player on tour after Arnold Palmer. Is it Seve? Mm-mm. I'm trying to think who else won it. St. Andrews. Their British Open victory was in 1964 at St. Andrews, like I said. They defeated Jack Nicholas by five shots. Tony Jacklin? Mm-mm. No, he was South African, right? So he's not playing Ryder Cubs. This person used Arnold Palmer's regular caddy, a guy named Tip Anderson, as Palmer wasn't competing that year. Before the Open Championship at St. Andrews, he played only nine practice holes before the competition began. Was the 54-hole leader and was quoted by Sports Illustrated as saying, look, do you want to know what I really feel about St. Andrews? I feel like I'm back visiting an old grandmother. She's crotchety and eccentric, but also elegant, and anyone who doesn't fall in love with her has no imagination. The 68 I shot today was one of the finest rounds of golf I've ever shot but I still don't feel confident. This is the most challenging golf course I've ever been on. You don't dare go to sleep one moment. And to finish second won't mean a thing. In the year 2064, when people pick up that record book, this is the kind of championship they will look up. You'll be remembered only if you win. Did you give the nationality yet? He's American. U.S. American? U.S. American. 
Gosh. I, the, the only playing two Ryder Cups is what's really triggering me. I'm pretty stumped, bud. Like, you got me. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, I'll give you some more facts. I won't give yeah, it away. Keep going. Keep going. He grew up in Oakland. His family was hard scrabble, grew up on welfare, learned the game from a multitude of different people. Not Ken Venturi. Enlisted in the Army, not Ken Venturi. Enlisted in the Army at age 17, went to Korea before coming home in 1955, where he got a job at a San Francisco golf course and turned professional. The way he got out on tour was he was sponsored by Eddie Lowry. You might remember was Francis Wee Metz caddy <laughs> at the 1913 U.S. Open. Mike Lowry. Uh, this guy made his PGA Tour debut in 1958, but did not do anything. Really scuffled until a breakthrough win in 1962, October of 1962. And that's when... Carrie that And over that... Nope, not Carrie Middlecoff. And that's that next... The four-year span between October 1962 and May of 1966 is when he won 12 times on tour, won the British Open... Played in two Ryder Cups. I can say definitively this guy is underappreciated. Because yeah, that's, I, that's, that's what I'm keep, keep going. I don't want you to give us this. I want you to keep giving us I'm, I'm about at the end of my uh, my research. I Who mean, we'll, we'll come to the culmination. In, in the match. Who was the other guy he played with? Was Eddie Lowry had his hands all over that. It was all Bay Area stuff. Eddie Lowry was like a, he became very totally. wealthy and yeah. yeah, sponsored a lot of golfers and was very involved. So the big thing is, after May of 1966, I I mean, I guess I I just got to say it, he died. He died in a plane crash in 1966. Uh, Tony Lima? Tony Lima. Anthony Tony Lima. Mr. Champagne. Champagne Tony. Champagne Tony. God, this guy. I I really don't know it. Blind spot. That is exceptional. No, like, I did not know he was American, to be honest. I didn't either. I thought he was, like, South American. Yeah. He had just competed at the Firestone in Akron in, uh, excuse me, in July of 1966 when he chartered a plane back to uh, Chicago with his wife and two other people. The plane ran out of gas and crashed, killing all of them. Uh, He was 32 years old when he died. Like I said, the previous four years of his PGA Tour were exceptional. He was, Mm. you know, you could say... Had he lived, he, uh, he he would have built on that success for sure. Wow. Excellent one there. Holy smokes. I'm a little shook. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm, yeah, yeah, that's really that's good. kind of shook goal. right now. Yeah. You uh, redeemed yourself from Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, that makes me want to take a total deep dive. He also, back-to-back Mexican Open winner. So he's got the National Opens on his resume. There you which go. Which is cool. Jeez, you can call off the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's a that's a really good one. Anything else to add? Payne Stewart parallels. Obviously. How'd, how'd you come up with them? Like how'd you how'd you get on how'd you get on the scent here? I was uh, it was Masters week, going back through old Masters, trying to pick one to win. I saw he was runner up, and I was like, I know like who is Tony Lima, and so I same thing like oh shit, like he died in a like I had no idea. Hmm. Well, Played then. all five matches at the sixty three Ryder Cup, went three zero and two. And then 60. He must have gone 5-0 and in the next one then. <laughs> Which, that time period is those records. 5-1. Five and, five and, five and I think they played an extra. He went 5-1 and one in the next Singles. One. They played like morning singles and afternoon singles. Oh, that's kind of sweet. Um, all right, TC, who are your next six Good guys? Good stuff. <laughs> Man, I'm exhausted after that one. 
No, I mean, I was just going to say Dustin Johnson because <laughs> he won the, he won in Saudi Arabia. I think that's under <laughs> underappreciated. I had, that's yeah, it? I don't have a, you know what? Wait, I, I, thought, I, thought, yeah. I thought I thought we were just doing three. Is it, this, you did name like 30 last time. This oh, should be your third we? one. Oh, shit. Hold on. <laughs> I did Trevino. You did Trevino and VJ. VJ. Oh, man. Okay. But, but you pissed on some guys. Yeah, you pissed on a lot of guys. <laughs> um, God, I was going to, you know what? We don't I'm, need you because I'm going to say Billy Cat. You did name eight guys. I'm going to go with Dustin okay. just because I think, you know, Winning it's once I know Neil's for got him on the list. twelve years in a row <laughs> is wild, man. Well, yeah, I had so, I had DJ. I'm just, I'm, DJ I'm was and Neil no, here. but DJ was it, he was. I, I struggle with this one to even nominate it because I do think he's overrated as well. Yeah, where it's like, dude, I mean, the guy has completely underutilized his talent in a lot of ways. But like, as far as like Burns twice as bright, like. I think you can be underappreciated for how good your talent is and still have an underachieving record. Yes. And I think that's where DJ fits in. That's a a well put. Like he has been a stalwart on the PGA Tour for over a decade now. Yeah. Like he's so good at golf. You probably don't appreciate that enough. I think part of it too, yeah, is the consistency. Yeah. To to win once every season for your first 12 years on tour. It's wild, man. Is is – Insane. Yeah. And I, uh, the other thing I, I think I, I put in here that I underappreciate about DJ is just the way that he just kind of splashed on the scene at that U.S. Open and uh, was that 2010 mm-hmm. when McDowell won? And it was just like, he was just crushing the field. Like, who is this guy? He's coming out of nowhere. Where's he from? Like, you know, South Carolina, Myrtle Beach? Or it's like, whoa, what, what's going on here? And then he just absolutely implodes <laughs> in the final round. And you're like, oh, my God. You know, you knew it was, everybody was kind of like, oh, knew that was coming. Guy just can't handle the pressure. And then you find out it's like, actually, no, he can't. Like, he's, you know, then he's just, he did he just never went away after that. Mm-hmm. Like, he next week he's, he played well and just, like, he was off and running. So I, I think that was uh, an underappreciated Icarito moment for me, for sure. Shout out to, to Hale Irwin, but in a different universe, Dustin Johnson also has three U.S. Opens. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'll, I I had an honorable mention prepared in case somebody took one of mine, um, which with Torino getting replaced. I'm going to mention um, a a major champion, currently still playing, uh, 17 PGA Tour wins. His one major is a U.S. Open. Uh, his playing style was very perfect for the era that he came up in, and then uh, the playing style changed dramatically on the PGA Tour. He could have got absolutely vaporized, by the new style, but has the longevity of hence hence his loss in Wild World of Golf. A recent loss mm. in Wild World of Golf mm. to just people that were just bludgeoning driver <laughs> all over the yard. Uh, Jim Furyk, seventy two million dollars in earnings, <laughs> a distant um, <laughs> which is just insane. Third all time, he again had seventeen wins, thirty one runner up finishes in his career. Um, he had one hundred and eighty eight top tens. Uh, for comparison, Phil has 195, and Tiger has 199. Now, Tiger has done it in way, <laughs> well, way less starts. I'd say, one, we I think he's not underappreciated among us, just be, due to the wild world. I think golf. he was and, for a it, long time. No, until seeing, recent years that's for me. What I'm saying, until recent months. Yeah. But it's like what, seeing, I think the most underappreciated thing is being able to drop that club head into the same spot <laughs> with that with the way he – like the, the setup, how close he stands to the ball, like seeing all that up close. I was like, this, this dude you can count on that <laughs> <laughs> under pressure. Like that's a lot of moving pieces. You man. were serious it's about It's unbelievable. That? It's but, so cool. But like, I just tried, how many guys are in this bucket of 
kind of came up in his general like time period and are, did not stick around for 30 years, right? I mean, like <laughs> Justin Leonard, gone. Yeah. Like Jeff Maggart, did you yes. last this Jeff long? Like, like all these guys that didn't bomb it, that just like thrived. Scott Verplank, where'd you go? Like you're gone. And Furyk is like the only one that lasted for literally until he turned 50. I'd say Maggard's probably a, a bit of an underappreciated guy. Probably, he's, but he's, he's, he's not a, compared to Furyk. But yeah, no one, no, like, but he was a flusher for sure. Like well, Tiger. Light, Lightspeed's old man. Would he fall Lee in that Jan. category? Yeah. Lee, Lee Jansen. <laughs> so he's the lowest <laughs> score in PGA Tour more history. majors than Furyk, which is a um, Of course, the 58 at the Travelers and shot another 59 at Conway and uh, one of the grossest 59s ever. No one got within seven of them that day or something. A Miller-esque round. Just wild. So longevity is something that all golfers crave and desire, and he is one that has actually had. He almost won the. He almost beat Rory at the Players last year. Like, are you ki- at age forty-eight? Are you kidding me? Champions so. Tour can't come soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a I'll fully support that. I, I think I've played forty-five holes with with Jim, and I've seen him miss the fairway one time, <laughs> literally one time. And he plays legitimately so close to the bunkers intentionally because he knows exactly where it's going. I loved your uh, your question. Like, man, doesn't that like get boring? Yeah. Well, I was like, I, I, dude, no. I'm not trying to be a jackass with this question. I promise you. But do you ever get bored hitting every fairway? Like, I think I would just like kind of lose focus. I just don't think that would be that fun. Like, how do you maintain that same level of focus and just like like. Think about Rainly. how much he actually – he probably beats himself up when he does miss one. Yeah. I was going to say, it's probably like a really good free throw shooter. Exactly. Yeah. That's right? exactly what I was going to say. It's like, do I get – like, do I wish I missed more? Like, no. No. <laughs> no. To me, it's just a whole different – No, I just hit a whole ball. different game for me. I'm yeah. just I'm, – I'm, yeah. Guys, I feel, I feel similar. Because he's – it's more exactly. like – it's probably more like an aim small, miss small thing where it's like he's not missing the fairway, but he missed his target. So it's like, ah, that, that wasn't what yeah. I wanted to do there. You're playing a different game. Yeah. All right, should we whittle it down? Let's narrow it down. All well, right. hold on. I have a couple more, I, a few honorable mentions. Oh, okay. Do you guys have sure. any? I had a few guys written down. Steve Stricker and Kenny Perry. I didn't want to reheat my what if guys, but I think they're both underappreciated. Um, and then DeMarco, also from the what if. I think he's underappreciated. David Toms. Yeah. I looked at Tom. Uh, I did too. Uh, Webb Simpson, I think, is underappreciated. Had, had I think Webb might, might be so underappreciated at this point since his. Since his gold standard victory, he's now overappreciated. Because people are like, "Man, this guy's so good." I think he'll, he's I think he'll right. be underappreciated from this era. But let's let's get let's let some more time moment. pass. And yeah. then I had uh, I had Brant Snedeker as a yeah potential that's a good one. I that's think he's one. underrated. He's twentieth uh, on the all time money list. Nine PGA Tour wins. So, he puts, but he did. Puts I wouldn't I wouldn't nominate him, but he was on my short list. <laughs> uh, Any uh, other honorable mentions? I thought he was already said, but I thought. Zach Johnson was yeah. the one that I gave long consideration to. He strikes me as like the Casper of this age, though, where it's like, oh, yeah, like, of course, Zach Johnson. Like, he, he's, he's almost so underappreciated that yeah. he's overappreciated. Well, and then factoring in, you know, he went to Drake and like, exactly. just like no yeah. I think Webb's going to be the Billy Casper of, yeah. no, no, of all, <laughs> like underappreciated wise. Wins a lot yeah. of regular tour events. Tons, tons of wins. I, I tons of who? Webb. I don't does, think he has. He doesn't tons have. He tons does not have wins. tons of wins. He, he has like, like seven. He's got like six. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> we can edit <laughs> that. Out. Of a let's let's narrow this down. All right. Um, I I nominate t- Tony Lima was the, is the biggest <laughs> slam dunk for me here. I was gonna say. So we gotta go, we'll six. stick to the process. Got six. Okay. We're we're Casper process fifty one. It's a different era. You gotta understand. Uh, we'll, we'll stick to the process. We'll go around in the same order we named them, and basically we'll just say 
you know, shortlist. Sure. No shortlist. Billy Casper. Yeah, he's on the shortlist. Yeah, I got to think he's on the shortlist. Yeah, sure. Guys, can we just shut it down and say Tony Lima? We're naming, right now, we're naming five, five, so no. Okay. <laughs> Stick with the process. was my first one. Matthew Fitzpatrick. No. It's a good case, no. but I don't think he makes money. I'm not. I'm not Tron, not, your first guy? Not subscribing. Trevino, I believe. Trevino. Shortlist. I think sure. he's on the shortlist. Yeah, I was going to say I, I shortlist. Honestly, I think, I don't think he's under, I don't know if he's underappreciated. I feel like Trevino gets a lot of, a lot of burn. Well, but is for, he shortlist or not shortlist? For being a good golfer. No, I don't. I don't think he gets a lot of burn as being one of the greatest of all time. I don't think though. you have the votes, anyways. Yeah, okay. I think I think short, we've got shortlist. Shortlist. Yeah, Solly, your first one was also Trevino. Well, yes, correct. Which goes to Hale Irwin. No, no, you skip Bubba. Oh, Bubba, who's right. on sorry, my sorry. shortlist for sure. I think Bubba is on the shortlist. Yeah, I put. What? I mean, I won't like say yeah. It's short. Right. Like, yeah, yeah he's I mean, on, he's he's on the shortlist. He's got three. He's got three <laughs> votes. He carries. Okay. On to you had Trevino as well. Uh, Hale Irwin, I had. I don't think he makes a shortlist. I've already forgotten. Uh, three three US, US Opens? Yeah. Eh, I mean, maybe that I already forgot should be a good reason <laughs> to vote for him on the shortlist. Hale Irwin? I don't think, in, with the people we've talked about, I, I don't put him on my shortlist. I, I, the short, would he be in my, in my top five? Probably no. Are we narrowing this down to like eight and then picking the five from? Correct. Yeah, I would say yes then. Okay. TC, the decider vote. No. He does not. Hale Irwin off the shortlist. He's gone. Your second guy. Uh, my second guy was Ben Curtis. Ben Curtis. Another compelling case. I don't think you're getting a shortlist vote no. for me. I think yes. I learned something from you, Randy. I like what you did, but I'm saying no. It's going to be a no for us, dog. Just a little pitchy for me, dog. Hmm. TC, VJ Singh. Yes. 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 This is where I say no. I, I was going to say no. That We don't have the votes. We don't but I don't think votes. he's underappreciated. I, no. he, I think he properly appreciated. I think people understood how good I he was. I think people in the... Wins in in the highest tier of the game, appreciate him, but I don't think the, yeah. the larger the populace. I think there was a good like, I think period the definition of, of appreciate, I would put a guy like Hale Irwin ahead of VJ on this list. But that's a recency bias because less, just like I think VJ ends up like Hale Irwin in 20 years. Hale Irwin that. won I 20 think... times, 20, 20 PGA Tour yeah. events. But we're a... not talking about who had the better career. Right. No, um, my whole yeah. thing is like appreciation. I think there was a huge swath of time where casual sports people slash like non-sports fans knew of three golfers and one of them was bj but i think it was like nobody appreciated what he was doing because nobody rooted for him that is probably fair too yeah anyways he's on the list you know just we didn't mention this guy but lanny watkins deserves at least a mention in this kind of career we we profiled him recently so that's probably why dj is kind of in that bubba camp yeah a little bit you know yeah or the likability much more prolific yeah uh your second guy, Neil, remind me. Justin Rose. Justin Rose. Wasn't it Bubba? Oh, no, we did that no, we one. We did already. Bubba. Sorry. Justin Rose gets a no vote for me. No, no. for me. That's fair. But yeah. but listen, I think my case for nationalism was <laughs> uh, was heard. Yeah, absolutely. It was heard. We fully okay. acknowledge. The floor I'm appreciated when you have the, the, the hopes and dreams of a, of a nation. <laughs> well, listen, we shoulders. don't need to relitigate. <laughs> all right? I want to make sure that's heard. It's all uh, your second guy. Ray, Ray Floyd. Ray Floyd. I think he's got to give Ray Floyd a thumbs up. Thumbs up, yes. For sure. Uh, okay, my last guy, Johnny Miller, gets an absolute thumbs up from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure. made it. You made a compelling case. My last guy was Tony Lima. Hundred percent. Yeah, no brainer. So I think we just picked everyone. No, <laughs> no, 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 yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, I don't Dustin think, Johnson. Yeah, I don't want to put Dustin in this position. I don't think he's going to get the vote. He has yeah, recused so. himself. <laughs> I'm, he's taking him off off the block. That was mine as well, and I'm taking him off. You're taking him off, Tom Kite. 
on this one. Yeah, I or, think Kite's on there for sure. It, it's my vote. I'll vote for Kite. Um, and we also threw out Furic as well. Did you do? I did. Well, I yeah, got one taken. Okay, so yeah, cool. I had I a think back, I was back. Furic might get a thumbs up from me. God, I'm right in the middle on Furic. I'm. We gotta I, see where the votes shake out. He's. The, I'm. I'm a yes. I'm Furic. See, I think Furic is more appreciated than VJ. And VJ has three majors. Furic has one. I, I I'm fine keeping Furic off because I don't think he's gonna. He's not gonna win the top five. It's defeatist voting though. That's, <laughs> you gotta isolate yourself. To yes or no. I would say yes. Then. I, I think we have two yeses, and one no. I mean, Furic has half the wins of VJ. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I think no. a lot of people and know money. and appreciate Jim Furyk as an excellent golfer. Senator, we need, just need a yes or no. So I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to tilt no. Okay. And Neil also will be a no. Furyk does not have the votes. Furyk does not carry. Order. Uh, we have our short list. Are you guys ready? Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Bill Casper, Lee Trevino, Burba Watson, VJ Singh, Ray Floyd, Johnny Miller, Tony Lima, Tom Kite. Now we need to whittle it down to the top five. I, I, I think again a, a shout out to uh, the Big Picture Pod of which we stole this format. <laughs> I'm a visual learner. Can you repeat those one more time? Absolutely. About. Billy Casper, Lee Trevino, Bubba Watson, VJ Singh, Ray Floyd, John Miller, Tony Lima, and Tom Kite. Okay. So we can we nominate people to chop off, or how, what's the best way to get down to five? I would say I would. I, I think. Johnny Miller, of all those guys mentioned, ha- is appreciated the most, probably because he stayed in the public. See, I think light. that's a bad take. That's I that's disagree. the exact opposite of what DJ was trying to argue. No, I get what he was arguing. That he was. I'm saying his. We're talking about his golf. His golf. Not his, I understand that. His Q rating. I don't think people appreciate how good he was. Exactly. Yeah. I think I think Bubba can come off that. I think like everyone here knows, like most people know, he's a two-time major winner. He won the Masters twice. He's flamboyant. Like everyone sees him at, at leaderboards. I don't. I don't. I don't know who's underappreciating how good Bubba is. I think Bubba's yeah. talent might be underappreciated, but Bubba's profile in the game. Is I almost think it's the same thing Neil was saying, where it's like his, his golf game is underappreciated his golf, his because it's so golf, yeah. you're so distracted by other all the other stuff. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but you go up and ask. I, I, I guess who's the target here? Are we talking about the general golf populace? Or are we just talking about? Sure. I think it's, yeah. Well, and that's a good point because I think our, because of our ages, we skew more towards like underappreciating guys from the 70s. Uh, How many majors did Tom Kite have? Just one. Just right? the one. He's the first one off the list for me. I, I'm firmly in the Kite camp. I think he's. Off I, or on? I think he's on. Well, guys, we're gonna have to start. Say, I'm willing to join Solly with Bubba. I think 30 years from now, when our grandkids are doing this podcast, I think Bubba Bubba's would be a very there. strong contender. But I think right now, for me personally, I don't. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'd rather say like Justin Rose is so much more consistent than Bubba is, and Bubba's that, gone. That's unappreciated. That's He's gone. <laughs> we're down to seven. We need to whittle off two more. Well, thank you for somewhere. making the case for Justin Rose. Like, I, I just don't, I think that. Bubba is he very. He carried a nation's hopes on his shoulders. <laughs> Thank you for making a case for Justin You're Rose. Welcome. You're welcome. I just I'm about yeah. my point stands. <laughs> let's, let's That's do this. fine. Bubba's off. That's fine. Let's I don't do care. I don't <laughs> fucking care. Okay. I don't care. This podcast is bullshit. I'm leaving. If you don't have one in the top five, you lose the podcast. <laughs> That's bullshit. Y'all are just whipping the votes. All right. Here's, here's what I would suggest. I, I think we, so we're we got to, we got to cement 
there's a, there's got to be three or four we can submit. Lima's, I think, Lima's, I think Tony Lima's a no brainer. Lima's, Lima's in, right? Lima's in. That was. I think VJ might come off the list. I I, I can willing to hear that case. Let's, let's stick let, to the process. Let's go back to cementing. I think Trevino is cemented. My opinion. I see. I would push see, back there. I, I think there's other back. guys ahead of him. I would cement Floyd before Trevino. Really. You, I was thinking I think as underappreciated, I think, I think Floyd's underappreciated more than Trevino. Yeah, that's time. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we're, we're, Floyd should stay on the list. Yeah, that's Trevino should come I off. I think both those guys, both I will ride hard for both those guys. As, as I understand the take that he's not appreciated as one of the best golfers of all time, but I still think he's appreciated. I think the level of appreciation is closer to what it should be than it is for Raymond Floyd. Let me. What I'm getting. You know, the, 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 we should, as we're as we we're trying have to Nate cement, the great on this. <laughs> as, as we're trying to cement, let me throw out again. He's the ultimate appreciation. Billy Casper has more wins than everyone except six people that have ever played golf, and you never hear his name ever. Yeah, maybe he was a win manipulator. <laughs> he's on the list. I think Casper's. I that, feel like, like he's got to be. There's probably somebody. a reason why he, like, when we, to Tron's original point, there's probably a reason why he comes up on every yeah. search as the most underrated goal. That's the only time he comes Just up. Just win, yeah. baby. We, we, I did not know he had 51 wins before Are, are we cementing Billy Casper? I'm yes. cementing Billy, Billy, Billy Casper. I object, but. Noted. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> the committee notes. Tron is writing the dissenting opinion on this. Okay. We have Tony Lehman and Billy Casper cemented top five no matter what locked in. Okay. <clears throat> I think Ray Floyd. You got to go Ray Floyd. I think we have a quorum then. Yes. I think I disagree, I'm, but I don't think I have the votes. I would go Ray Floyd as well. So you don't I'm think, Floyd. DJ, you think Ray Floyd should come off the list? Give me his stats one more time. So four-time major winner, which there's only 12 okay, modern golfers that have more than that. Was on pace for the slam one year. Did almost No, he almost won the career grand slam. Career he grand lost to, to Jack by one, or not by one, but he lost. he finished second to Jack in 1978. He won his first Masters by eight. Um, is that, tw- is that good? Twenty-two. <laughs> Again, the, the tiebreaker here. Manager of a topless good. band, the Ladybirds. So. <laughs> and was 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 drafted by the Cleveland Indians. Possibly the biggest alpha of all time. All right, he's on the list. Okay. Tony Lima, Billy Casper, Ray Floyd, okay. all on the list. We now have to pick two of these remaining four. Four for two. I I think it's a no-brainer. Trevino, VJ Singh, Johnny Miller, Tom Kite. I think VJ comes off the list easiest for me. There. I think VJ comes off the list as well. I'll agree there. We have we have quorum. Yes. Yeah. Okay, we need to pick two of the remaining three: Trevino, Johnny Miller, Tom Kite. Uh, sorry, Tom Kite, one major. How many? How many? Uh, nineteen wins. Nineteen wins. I think it's Trevino and Johnny Miller. Yeah, I think Kite comes off. But I think I think Kite's vibe needs to be. I think Kite's vibe think is can, underappreciated uh, yeah. more so than his golf game. I think we can put that as maybe first alternate. Yeah. Tom Kite's he's, vibe. He's, yeah, top five vibe. Guy put time. a third wedge in his back. Yeah. <laughs> and the Ram wedge. And the Ram wedge. <laughs> is there any dissenting opinions I, I riding w- for Tom Kite over Trevino or Johnny Miller? I would argue that more, like obviously Miller's career is stronger, but like, I, I knew that Johnny Miller was a great player. I've always appreciated he's a great player. Yes, there's a level of like, whoa, I didn't know he was that. You know, that's what that's where I am. I didn't know the details, right? Of it. But, I, but I knew Kite, like in the, I honestly thought like he was a bunter and like just, I just totally under appreciated his, his game. His actual so golf for game. me, that's fair. He's more underappreciated than Johnny Miller. All right, well let's do that. I'm not expecting we all agree on Trevino. Kite Trevino's feels in. like Scott Verplank. In an easier era with Ooh, with a major, I think that's his 19 point. Like, that's what he looks like, but maybe yeah. he wasn't. He was 
a player. Well, Solly's research presupposes it. Almost Maybe like three runner-ups to the Masters and like basically finished top 10 there for a decade I'm, straight. So. I'm, I'm joining my colleague. I'm, I'm wow. in the top right. kind let's, let's start. Caucus. Let's start with Trevino. Do we have... Do we have quorum for Trevino? I think Trevino's yes. got to be in there. Yeah. Great. I, I mean, say he's probably the, I would say, gets the most run of any pity left, but I still think is underrated. That's what I, I think he gets plenty of like runs. But I were, still do think he doesn't get, and still in underrated. proportion to that's, how good he was, fair. I still don't think yeah. he If somebody said, greatest golfers of all time, go, like, where does Trevino In my mind, slot? Trevino should be in the top 10. Like he, But he doesn't, I don't think if you're actually making that list, he doesn't show up in the top 30. Oh come on! He shows I, up in I the top mean, based 20, on, like, but not if you're the doing top it off the top of your head. I don't think people. Yeah. I was gonna say eight. he might. He should probably be top eight, and he might yeah. show up like twelfth to fifteenth in most people's minds. They, come on, top thirty. That's that's a reckless. I think there would be. I think there would be massive recency bias if, if you were to do a survey. If you're like that. if you're gonna do top thirty and Trevino doesn't show up in there, like guys, I'm not saying that's what I think. I'm saying that's what the the general populace would think. Yeah, but the general populace is stupid. They're underappreciated. <laughs> that's the point. That's kind of the crux <laughs> anyway, of this okay. whole argument. That, that's not important. I'm 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 on board with Trevino. Trevino's in. All right. So we're we're now down to Johnny Miller and Tom Kite. I am firmly in the Johnny Miller case. Let me make my closing argument again, citing TC's quote that he dude literally didn't miss a shot for by what more than two feet <laughs> in seventy two holes, uh, and did that repeatedly. He would just go in like when he was hot. He would. I th- what did I say? One eight times, I think, in seventy four, and a you're, lot of those were just like eight shot wins. Six you're making shot the wins. wrong case, though. Like, like he is amazing. Uh, that's I'm you with know. You there, Can we go back? I mean, he's great. It comes back to the Dustin Johnson take of like he was the greatest player of all time he for like one hole. Was. Johnny might have been the greatest player of all time for for like two years for you know six events in a row. Yeah, you know. For me personally, I think Johnny Miller being like this. You know, he was really good. It, it's that hipster band that maybe was underappreciated at one time, but I feel like I personally have gotten enough information about him to where it's like, oh, I feel like I have a pretty good appreciation for him. Did I know all the details? No. But, like, Tom Kite's a guy, like, I think he won a major. Did he win, I don't know, a handful of tour events? Like, I don't really know that. Kite feels well, like the records aren't that different. John Kite- Miller had 25 PGA Tour wins, two majors. Kite, 19 tour wins, one major. Who's... Yeah. Like that's not that different. I'll go with Kite. You've 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 sold me. Tom Kite, final answer. Wow. All right. Well, I don't like it. But <laughs> listen, this is how hey, democ- come, this is come how democracy me. works. It's why they often fail. I mean, the Butthurt Brigade will be over here playing that's some okay. tunes. I got Billy. I got Billy Casper on the list. No, I would. I right. would probably throw Johnny in there versus somebody else on the list, but Billy. Know. Sure. <laughs> that's that's a horrible take. But all right, listen, I, I I don't have to like it, but our final five: Tony Lima, excellent poll, Randy. Well, thank you. Billy Casper, taste it, Tron. <laughs> Ray Floyd, Solly, great call. Trevino, Tron, great deep dive on him. And Tom Kite, Solly with two with two in the top five. Well done, well prepared. Pie Man and I would like the record to show that. Our submissions did not make it. No, no, no. Pie okay. Man got one. I did get one, but that's... <laughs> <This is, laughs> who's counting? Like the, who's counting? Uh, Can we pour one out for all the current players? Absolutely. That's Actually, why I think there's a massive recency bias no, of underappreciation. It, it goes back to how we're defining it. If it's a personal definition, then this is a perfectly acceptable list I based pr- on I our ages. Ricky. I think Ricky's underappreciated by the people at this table. <laughs> that uh, was a lot of fun. I, 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 more than anything, it's like I think we have some dream podcast guests that yeah. I'd love to work on. 
Absolutely. Not a dream podcast guest for obvious reasons, but I'm going to buy his biography like right after this is Tony Lima. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. Well, great Tony stuff. Miller, if you're listening, I was great I was spirited discussions, even if you didn't make the final five. Listen, <laughs> no, it, like, you, you brought great just, discussion just to, the to be in the conversation. Yeah. Just to be at the table is really a wonderful Such an thing. honor. Thanks. It's not, it's, Thanks, you know, guys. thank you to the players that have been so underappreciated. Do you want to give another shout out to Kenny Perry before we go? <laughs> <laughs> underappreciated hat game. Kenny Perry. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for hey, tuning real, in. Hey, real quick, before we go. <laughs> Back to John. We get it. Guan no. <laughs> If Kenny Perry had the Ram hat, imagine how huge that would be. <laughs> oh, man. I had a dream last night. I woke up, like, and it, the most vivid dream I've had in, in months. I've had, had a, like I've Ashley had a, Schaefer. A lot. <laughs> came to me in a dream. <laughs> I've had a lot of dreams lately. Just, I don't know if it's this whole, you know, quarantine thing, but I had a dream that Sergio seven-putted the last hole at Augusta. And it wasn't for the win or anything. He was just he was in general, in, just in general, seven put a last hole Augusta and just absolutely lost his shit. Like went batshit crazy, and then, like it was, it was, it was a wild. Well, let's hope it was a, a premonition. So that was how yeah. I woke up this morning. That's that's wild, man. That's wild. So that's, boy why, that's how you're getting hostile about eighteen at <laughs> Jack's Beach. So we didn't know any of this context. So all right, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Cheers, and we'll be back soon. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different.